you're listening to another Type 40 Live Doctor Who podcast from the Spacebook. Audio editions of our video content originally streamed to YouTube and other platforms. A quick reminder, this is recorded completely live and we interact with viewers across those platforms in real time. The occasional detail may get lost in translation, we're working on that, and the odd swear word may pass one or more of our lips, so this show may not be suitable for the under-15s. Now that's all straight. Let's start the show. Afternoon, good morning, or good evening, wherever you are in the Hooniverse, whatever time zone or time stream you are joining us from across this world or another. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful outside. It's not too bad in here either, come to think of it, particularly when I, when you see the squad of dedicated Doctor Who fans I'm going to bring out onto the stream in a few moments' time. Where are we? Yes, there, there we are. And there's me. Hello, everybody. Yes, welcome back to the Spacebook. With me, Dan Hadley, Birmingham's King of the Geeks and Type 40 Live, back again. Just seven days since our uh, big celebration of the whole TV movie, our 25 years of that Paul McGann TV movie. Last week, we had a blast talking about all that, geeking out and celebrating that feature-length special. I think you did too, because yeah, we've had lots of feedback from that show. So thank you. We're glad you enjoyed it, and we're glad you're back too. Speaking of you, let's, let's check in with the chat and see who's here. Plenty of plenty of people. Thank you. Thank you for being here, even though it's so beautiful out. Well, the thing is, you can have us on your tablet, can't you? Out on the patio eh? or in the garden, on the rolling lawns of wherever you may be. Even if you're regal like Queen Charlotte here watching on YouTube. Hello, Charlotte. Vanessa Law. She's making a cup of tea, but she'll be back. I should hope so, too. <laughs> you're not going to want to miss this. Crimpling to blue and back again. Ahoy, shipmates. Good to see you, too. Ahoy, ahoy. And Matthew Burrows still sat, still sat on his verge with a fag on the go there. Hi, everyone. Hi, Matthew. Oh, and Retro Doc here. Gary Akers, good morning, everybody. It's morning where you are. Yes, I'm gradually working out different time zones the more I do this. But yeah, thanks to everybody for being here, for saying hello to me and one another. Yeah, because obviously the seasons have changed guidelines are being sort of dropped and shifted and moved around i don't know whether i'm coming or going or even being <laughs> to quote one particular doctor but i'm getting there 
I'm getting there. And one thing I'm really enjoying is seeing the Doctor Who community take once more, <laughs> take to the streets and the M roads and to the convention centres, even if everything's being sort of slightly measured in the post-lockdown convention world. So they're observing social distancing, but conventions and events are happening bit by bit, and they're being announced all over the country in one form or another. So it, that's lovely to see because we know that you've missed one another and you've missed interacting with the stars of Doctor Who. And I'm going to do some interacting with some more Doctor Who stars right now. First of all, yes, it's uh, it's my friend, of course. How <laughs> I think he's wilting a little bit, but he's over, over there in the Doctor Who loft, admiring admiring the view by the looks of things. But uh, here he is. It's JT. Good afternoon. Hello, space bookers. What a gorgeous day it is here today. Sweltering. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh God. Are you suffering a little there, my friend? Um, I'm happy. Let's put it that way. We've, we've come through a lot of uh, a lot of bad weather to get to this. So long may it last. Not suffering from exposure yet. Not like, <laughs> not that kind of exposure anyway. I was going to say we're back to John Barrowman, but no. God love him. We love him. <laughs> we do. We do. So uh, yes. <laughs> Here we are, back for what... I mean, last week's show was a blast, wasn't it? To talk about one dedicated piece of Doctor Who. But here we yeah. are now, digging deep into all the corners of all the Doctor Who universe across the decades. Got some great subjects to talk about today. And Oh, good. Yeah, who, who else is here? Yes, oh, it's uh, <laughs> it's the, the original Hoonatic, looking raring to go, as always. Welcome back, Simon Horton. Well, hello, hello, hello. Are we live? Are we live? Hello, coming, coming we, through. We are live. We are live. Yes, I'm glad that you asked me that, because I forgot to remind people that we are live, yes, on YouTube, the world's Ooh. largest streaming platform, and over on Facebook, too, to the Type 40 Facebook group and the Facebook page, various other places. You can catch us there. Drop us your comments. And please, yeah, hit the little like button. Hit the thumbs up button and subscribe to the channel while you're at it. Ooh. It's going to be a great show. I've been forward already. I've seen, I've been and checked. You can like us in advance and hit the bell, hit the cloister <laughs> bell so that you know whenever we now. go live next. That's three things to remember. Yeah, it is. The pressure is on. Who respond now? This is a man who always responds well to pressure. Let's let's bring him in. He'll steady the ship. It's the uh, the writer, the director, and the producer, and big old mega geek Ian David Diaz. Welcome mega back geeky. here. <laughs> Hello, Hello, geeky. Hello geeky. He was getting a bit of a flank club, mate, here on the channel. There's a couple of messages on various other videos that we've made saying Mega oh, Geek there? is on point. We agree with Mega Geek. What's going on? On a roll? I don't know, but you should, should make the most of it, Ian, because you don't get off them, do you? <laughs> Does that mean they don't agree with you and me, JT? <laughs> I think they do. Well, yeah. I, I think... I mean, we're all like-minded, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> saying hello, everybody. Hello, one another. Sadako, hello, everyone. Queen Charlotte. Richard Brooks, welcome back, Richard Brooks. Hello, Richard. Hello, hello Simon. And a little... Is that a flag that says cool? Hey, is that me? Is that me or is that Richard? That's probably Richard. <laughs> okay, there we do. <laughs> yes, we're gonna bring bring in uh, yeah YouTube YouTube Doctor Who royalty. I think he, I, I think he has to be the most prolific Doctor Who YouTuber there is, and he's a, a good friend of ours as our sort of co-host on Hard Drive, our other podcast where we do lots of sci-fi, lots of other TV shows and things like that. Our mate. The rabbi from another planet, Svila Beckin. Hello. 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 How are you? <laughs> Good to have you back, my friend. We're good. Thank you. about you. Facebook. I'll tell you, I'm really in the mood for a cup of tea now. Vanessa Law got, got me going, hmm. 
Come on. Come on. see, look at yes. you. English. I've got to go upstairs and make coffee. I, I'm American. You know. uh, and, and I really want a cup, a cup, a nice cup of Rosalie. Maybe a Jaffa cake. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, or a, Jaffa hob, cake. Or a Jaffa cake or a Hobblong okay. selection. Oh, is uh, available. Yeah, well, I was going to say, as long, Rabbi, as long as you have a Jaffa 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 cake and not these new ones they brought out, which are mango and grapefruit and strawberry yeah. and blackcurrant yeah. and cherry. Yeah. What is all that about? So Jaffa cake is a Jaffa cake. A Jaffa cake what? is a Jaffa cake! In Israel, we always get the lower quality fruit because we sell the better stuff to everybody else. So if you have any, <laughs> any like, you know, Jaffa origin, we don't get them that good over here. Oh, <laughs> no. So what's the availability like of the McVitie's Jaffa cake where you are, Rabbi, in Israel? Oh, zero. Although, you know what my wife found and bought for me? And I, uh, you can see I've already soiled it. Um, they just started <laughs> sort of vinegar uh, crisps. <coughs> so uh, it's very oh. exciting. Whoa. That's oh, like Walker's, yeah, isn't it? Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, friends, there was a sort of vinegar crisps. All the English people were, were excited. So she so let some. Let's keep up all this branding, and you can send it to us all via Dan Hanley at the Facebook. <laughs> yeah, you'll get yeah, it to well us. <laughs> yeah, I, I was talking about conventions a moment ago, oh, and yes. obviously this is this is happening all over the world. You know, I think that here in Great Britain, we've probably had it. Got to be careful. I say this harder and longer than most. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I don't know. I keep doing oh, this. I, bl I blame you lot. So we, I we have that kind of show. <laughs> we have had, it, but, we, but we have, haven't we? And I've been. Oh God, this is going to get even worse. And I'm very confused. I'm very confused now. But I do know that as the conventions are popping up and various fan events, it is lovely to see. I've been over onto Twitter and I've, I've seen some beautiful pictures this week and I wanted to bring them to your attention because I think they will warm the cockles. Well, it's very warm today already, isn't it? Exactly. They'll warm your heart some more. <laughs> and everybody watching over, over on YouTube is going to love this too. I mean, check check these out. These, this is, uh, these, are, uh, these are original artworks, the Doctor oh. and the Master there. Give me two those. Chris Chibnall? <laughs> well, no, that's too much writing to for him, Simon. <laughs> we're going to come to that in a moment. We've got we've got a lovely TARDIS there, sort of that, uh, rip, that rippling. Fabulous! That is it fabulous, is, isn't it? And all the question marks. So nice. She liked a bit Colin Baker. Yay! Authentic colours for that for the coat as well. I think she's been through lovely. her uh, <clears throat> her pot of pens there and <clears throat> meticulously recreated <laughs> Colin's coat. That's stonking. Uh, iconic multi-colored coat. I love to coast. send that to Colin. I, I wonder if you've seen it. Oh, <coughs> well, we've got more here as well. We've oh. got uh, Susan and the Doctor. Oh, we've got same, Stripey the same Jumper. Artist. The Stripey yeah. Jumper. Brilliant. And check Great. out check out uh, the Doctor's trousers there. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, yeah, perfect. Yes. Very yeah. Rupert. Absolutely. Fabulous. Beautiful, and there's another one. There's, there is another one. Ah, Mel falls. Fabulous. Mel falls in a trap. Actually, that, that's one of the only things I'm looking forward to now on the uh, on that Blu-ray. Seeing the uh, uh, the the tet trap uh, uh, spinning balls of doom. Um, <laughs> I uh, saw them in, one in night HD. on a Saturday night in a club. <laughs> no, well, see, see, seeing them in in HD. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Gonna, <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. They're going to remaster. Well, I think I think that's a magic moment, and the fact that it's uh, obviously uh, it's a very scary moment for Mel, as we can see, she's she's braced for the worst. It has to be said. But it recreates that moment 
perfectly. Well, I was going to say, it, does, it looks better than it looked, it really in does, all honesty. It? <laughs> so you asked me, has Colin seen this? Does he does he know about this? What does he ever? Check uh, check this out. This is yes, all of these artworks <laughs> were presented to the stars of Doctor Who over the weekend at Phantom right. Events <laughs> latest events. And as you it's can like, see, is, is, that, is that the little girl who, who dresses Jody? It is. And as you can see, they're all they're all pleased as punch there, the cast, the cast of right. Doctor Who. So that's uh, yeah, full <sighs> credit here to Little Who Girl over on Twitter. Go go and follow really? her. I, I, I have and, to tell you, I mean, listen, as much as I dislike the current era, she melted my my uh, uh my grumpy heart. This is she's so yeah. cute, this kid. She really is, and she's like, and they're so, it's so nice seeing everybody. There's one with the uh, Sylvester McCoy playing the spoons around her and on her. It's just, it's lovely. It's really <laughs> nice. Stuff like this. This is what I. This is definitely a feel-good story. This is the white pill of the week. I'm trying to include something like this every week, and it does. It warms the cockles. It's so wholesome, and I mean those smiles are all genuine. I keep looking at Bon. Bonnie yeah, but it's so real. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Brilliant. I love Bonnie's outfit. Gorgeous. I'm sure she's wearing one of the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray releases. I'm sure she's wearing that behind the sofa. And I remember thinking, whoa, it's kind of it's kind of my vertical hold has gone a bit squiffy on on that outfit. (laughs) What I like about it is for you, isn't it? It did put personified. Definitely definitely something, Rabbi, that that, uh, Mel would wear now. Yes, (laughs) yes. I tell you, I do like the way that Mel progressed in the audience. But secondly, I'm 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 intrigued now when I see season tw- was it twenty four? Yes, season mm-hmm. twenty four. That uh, if I like it more because I like Bonnie Langford a lot more now than I did then. Yes, what's the so, person? Uh, uh, I might I might like it more. I hope so. Well, everything that I've heard her do on audio, I mean, it, it does seem to strike that balance between recreating Mel and doing something differently. That's why why I like her so much. And she's so full of enthusiasm. I, <laughs> I mean, as you can see here, you can't fake that. You can't fake it. Here you are. Yes, here she is. Here's little Who Girl and her dad. And oh. uh, yeah, the mighty Sylvester McCoy there at the weekend. So yeah, I've been in touch with them. We've been talking a little through Twitter, myself and her dad there. And uh, yeah, we thought we'd show, we'd bring some of these pictures to the people out there watching this stream who may not have seen this. But yeah, that's that's where to go. There's lots of lots more heartwarming stuff over on Twitter. On Twitter, believe it or not, from the, yeah, from the little Who Girl account. I mean, look at, look at Sylvester. He's looking well as well, isn't he? Glad to be out of lockdown, as they all are, back in clo- in cosplay. So it's happy times and places to you all there. And a well done, little Who Girl. We love your pictures. Nice work. Do, doesn't doesn't Caroline Ford look positively radiant in that picture? How old she is she? She looks about 30. What, what is she? I'm sure she's going backwards in time now. I can't believe how good she looks. And there are comments yeah. in the thread that I can see where people are saying we need Susan back. I agree. Why has Susan not been brought back yet? It no. is a mystery. An what is Susan, mystery. though? That's the question, isn't it? What is it's Susan? Is she human? Is she human? Is no, she? She's ty- well, she's technically oh, typed. No, no. See, now you get caught in the current era, like you, uh, like. <laughs> Uh, no, we don't, get, we don't talk about the current era. No, exactly, no, no. We exactly. the current era. Like in my day, like you can't bring her back because you bring That's what I'm her saying. back. If you bring her back, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have to say the the Susan's War um, uh, box set from uh, Big Finish was that. delightful. Was absolutely delightful. That it was it, it was it was her and as Caroline and Paul's age now uh, as like this kind of like covert agent 
like negotiating deals and being kind of a secret agent during the war, uh, during, during the time war. So it's got a very like Casablanca-y feel. But she's great. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> she sounded, and she sounded, I mean, yeah, uh, Caroline Ford is uh, the other side of 70. But you you would never know the energy in, in her voice in that performance. We've got a question here that's a little easier to answer. Uh, this one's in from Crimplin Doubloon. Shouldn't Bonnie Langford be made a dame? It'll yeah. happen. I think so. I, I'm, no, I'm putting I both hands, both no, hands because she's she, because she's done an awful lot for her industry, and she does do some charity work. And the way that they're going with the damehoods and all this sort of at the moment, I think it will happen at some point where Bonnie's recognised for so. I mean, she's been in show business since she was three, so yeah. I think that you know, and she's just, she's she, got she, through she, it. She's been good for most of that She was she was in showbiz when she was a fetus, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. tap dancing. Yeah, she was on Tomorrow's tap World dancing. <laughs> well, yeah, she's, and she's now she's gone from being that kind of uh, ingenue to being a bit of a bit of a, a diva, I suppose, doesn't she? She belts well, out the torch songs in cabaret and things. And mm. I think the other thing is with Bonnie Langford, I, I agree with what was said earlier. She's she's look. The truth of it is, oh, back in the day, she was quite irritating. She was everywhere, and she was ubiquitous. And I'm sorry, but she was really, really irritating. And I hated all that 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 just William stuff, Violet Elizabeth. Oh my God. I never um, saw her. Yeah, and and, and, so, and yet now I have to be honest. She's she's not Bonnie. If you're watching, you're not remotely irritating now. Thank you. you <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Brilliant. I had the same journey. Yes. She yeah. gave me tw tw twenty quid once. I used to oh. work in Selfridges. I used to work in Selfridges in the toiletry department, and um, she mm. bought some toiletry stuff. And they asked me if I can carry her bags to the car. So oh. carried a bag to a car. She gave me twenty quid for doing no! it. We've got lots of love for both Susan and Bonnie Langford here in the chat. Mm. That's good to see here. I mean, listen, I especially didn't like her in Doctor Who because she replaced Perry. I was like, wait, you went from oh. like the my my pure vision <laughs> of uh, of manly loveliness, you know, yeah. that was like she was like Aphrodite to wait, well, I, and then I, I uh you know, Perry, I liked the I, I felt that you know <laughs> what's a lot going on up there. Uh, not so much, not so much. Going up there, yeah. With Mel, you know, I was like, ah, I'm not so interested. I think Mel was very theatrical. I was, I was, I was, I was genuinely miffed because, uh, uh, you know, the reduction of. Uh, uh, um, yeah. Well, you like you like I said a word. I really, it really just annoyed me. Well, as the Doctor saying. Who companions were getting more womanly, I think we expected maybe that to continue. Some of us, and, yeah, and actually, we yeah. like that. Oh, that was good, JNT. That, wait, what? Bonnie Langford? No. Wanted to, wanted it to grow. Wanted the uh, the show to grow up without taste. Mel was adorable, says Vanessa Law. I've always liked her. And we've got a comment here from Nick Smalley, who says Bonnie came to Galaxy Four in Sheffield once. The queue was yep. so long; it took four hours to yep. get through. Mm -hmm. Blimey. Uh, most of she the... was very popular. I remember that as well. I mean, that, that Saturday was mobbed. And she stayed over her time and missed her original train just so she could uh, make sure she met all the fans that were queuing for miles and miles. I mean, I, I, think, I think we were both there at the same day, Nick. Um, but I remember. And she was, she was lovely. She was absolutely gorgeous. Nick's a friend of yours, isn't he, JT? Uh, he may, he may, he may have a different opinion on that. <laughs> Hi, Nick. Thanks for joining us again. Good to see you. It, it depends what I'm saying. Bit... <laughs> <laughs> he looks a little bit like uh, Mark Maron there in the picture from uh, from uh, Glow. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of at the moment. Actually, yes, so... say, uh, 
I was going to say, I was just going from the, the, the little uh, uh, progression <laughs> from Perry to Mel to Ace. Ace was a brilliant move, okay? You know why? Because she was so incredibly relatable and you could kind of imagine, you know, being able to, uh, uh, you know, have a drink with her and move on, right? But, like, she was totally in the realm of reality, right? So, I think uh, they were trying to attract the teenagers, weren't they? Well, yeah, it got me. It was like, I was like, I was exactly the right, I was what, 17, yeah. 16? I was like, yeah, perfect. Were, that you, was like, were yeah. you ever a teenager? I still Ooh. am. <laughs> we all are inside as we say time and time again on this show um, yeah i've just finished watching all those stories the the stuff with uh with bonnie as well and the and uh, sophia's ace and uh i think because it's the first time i've watched them all in sequence for a while both characters actually are better than i remembered i've never particularly disliked ace but i think i was so familiar with those stories for a while i'd watched them so many times i think the nuances to the way it was written and the way that and what Sophie did with it, I think I'd taken her for granted a little in the role. And yeah, this time, particularly in in Ghostlight, wow, she's good in that. But yeah, mm. I, I, Bonnie Langford, I just I just think that yeah, after or after 140 years in the biz, she definitely deserves <laughs> deserves yeah. that credit. So yeah, fair fair play to well, her. So am I the only one here that thinks that whole era was crap? Yes. No, 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 you're not. I like it from, uh, what was it, uh, Remembrance of the Daleks onwards, but like the era from uh, right, right up, in, and there was a marked change, right, from right up until then, from uh, at least until trial. I, I would even say Colin's first season was pretty ropey. I mean, listen, I mean, what I mean, what it really was, it, you will watch the deteriorating relationship of John Nathan Turner and uh, Eric Saywood play out on screen. And the quality of the show degenerated more and more and more, the more they came to say. And the, and like by the time he hit Troll, you, they hated each other, right? They had no, uh, and then he had season 24 and Andrew Cartmel came in and he did, that was him learning how to make TV. And as soon as he learned how to make it, yeah. bam, I think you got, I think, from that moment no. onwards, I, I will stack every no. one of those stories up. I think, as they, well. I think, I think that I think they, that before we like they were on stage. Before we go too off, off on that whole other tangent, I feel that I I should. Uh, this is how I feel about it: is that <laughs> you know, the, whatever what I do or do not think of the content of Doctor Who at that time, everything around it, the culture around it, the actors who were in it. The, it, mm. Some of the material has aged better than those others, as you've rightly pointed out there, <laughs> there Ian. You know, it, it probably did need a rest. It did need work. But the, the people in it, I think they continue to give their best. And it was, I won't say it was a particularly exciting time to be a Doctor Who fan, but everything around it, it was very much what you made of it, I think, JT, like the comic strips, the books, all that, and, and the even the Daypol figures. So I think that it had those, those little pleasures. Season 24 is mm. out on Blu-ray. In three weeks, everybody, on the 21st of June, the Blu-ray range continues. I can't wait for that. I've only just watched them. I can't okay. wait to see all that. But, of course, there's been some more Blu-rays released in the last couple of days. And I understand, JT, that you have joined You've joined the annals of Blu-ray. Doctor Who owns. And they're still uh, okay, wrapped up. If, if you right, want... If you want, like, uh, inlay covers that uh, uh, have a... a, a He's not going to open them. I am. Uh, I'm, I have I'm gonna open them. I am. Oh, you are going to open them. I, I, I was... Them. Well, <laughs> gonna, well, yeah, because we said um, we would uh, do one now. So uh, which one do you want? Right. Do you want 12 or, or 19? 
Unwrapped live oh, on the show. My, my oh, age, right. nineteen. My age. <laughs> Tom, Tom, <laughs> I have to say, let, let's start with this. I mean, because um, as the Facebookers will know, I didn't buy into the um, what were they called, Simon? The, the original limited versions, edition, limited edition the limited packages. editions. Yeah, because oh, I, 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 I knew these were coming. The standard editions were coming, and I have to say, I am loving these. They are fantastic. I'm going to show you. That's how they look together. They look a lot better than the limited edition ones, to be honest. They do look better because they're just so much yep. neater. And then, of course, you've got the, the Amaray box on the inside there. It's just yeah. a shame. Yeah. I'm going to say it again. It's a shame it's got the damn wrong logo on the the logo okay. we all hate. Well, Dude, so we've got I, that. I have you covered. I'm, I'm going to pull up for you in a second. I've already got it, Rabbi. I've already got it. I've already got it. Don't worry. I've, I've, Look I at the top. It's going to come off. <laughs> I like oh, that. Right. On the top there, they've got that. Can you see that? Yeah, mm. those are, that's cute. Oh. like that. Yeah, that's quite cute. So I actually like this. And because there's going to be 26, possibly 27 of these, it's not going to take up that much room on the shelves, which I am, I'm, whereas the bigger well, ones will. Well, and so also, happy about that. also the, the, one of the problems with the, with the limited edition packaging is that they, the boxes really do fall apart. My season 19, the plastic oh. tray literally fell out of the box, taking some of the, uh, some of the, uh, of the card with it um, and ruined the box. Um, they put them so in tight plastic. They, they put them in tight yeah. plastic though when they got Amore cases to stop them from having babies, of course, as we all know. But in the I've just looked at this. So we're opening season 19, Space Bookers, and on the bottom it's got bleeped strong language. Where, where was that? In, oh, in season 19. Really? Must be in the commentary or something. Or, uh, oh, I see. Fielding. Must be Janet Fielding in a, in a uh, <laughs> uh, extra, right? Um, has to be. Is that the same Very as the nice. standard edition? Yeah, very nice. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll open this. Okay, so what we've got is we've got the usual sort of format that we were all expecting here. Can we see all this? There we go. Yeah. And then we've got these. Yeah. So That's this is down. identical to the, to the limited edition. They're, they're printed in exactly the same way as the, uh, as the limited edition ones. Okay, and they've got the TARDIS on the back. Can you see that? <laughs> Let's just see. I can get oh, there's another one in there. <laughs> there's another one. <laughs> so let's have a look. Um, oh, God, yeah, that, 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 that? yeah, that TARDIS yeah. JT that was on the inside of the of the sort of fold out thing of the of the limited edition packaging kind of thing. Okay, and then you've so, got the little book. Uh, so let's see if this is any different. I don't know if it's as thick it as the original one. It isn't as thick. Right. It's it's uh, it's apparently it's missing the 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 um the blurb that uh, has been written on the making of each story. So all you've right, got okay. to see. But so I mean, got, I, let's be honest, you can live without it, can't you? Let's yeah, I mean, really, has anybody ever read it? Well, I no, read it. No. And to be honest, all it is is just regurgitated stuff from the complete exactly. history. Exactly. Pointless. So this is just the story rundown, and then the bonus material in the back. Then on that one, but I, oh, I actually what? like that. Can you see that? That's all you need. Fantastic. Yeah, I prefer I love that. that. It's easier to, to, uh, was it, to navigate. Yeah, I have to Did be honest. I've, I've now, I've now cancelled my Season 24 pre-order um, because I'm very, very happy now Are to you wait. Going, for you're going to swap? You go yeah, to swap I'm range going, to the... yeah, yeah, I'm going to wait for them on standard edition, and 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 after a while they'll come down in the in the in the various sales to ten quid, and I'll I'll just wait for them. And I, think I have to say, as someone who didn't buy into the original ones, um, I really like these. I think they're nice, they're simple, they're um, they're better. It's better yeah. packaging, a hundred percent. It's more practical. I like it a lot better. 
Imagine, uh, and, when, and when you've got all the series like that, that's going to yeah. look very nice yeah. on a shelf. I, and yeah, I have yeah, to yeah. Honest, I yeah. really think that, 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 that BBC Studios are going to notice a, a difference in pre-orders on those limited. Well, sure. yeah. Let's sure. just have a look at that as well, because I want to say to the people who put these together, I want to say a huge congratulations, because when these were announced, as we all know, they went to number one in the Amazon UK charts. Yeah. And number two in the Amazon mm -hmm. UK charts. Now that is brilliant because actually that's the third time release, believe it or not, yeah. isn't it? When you yeah, think yeah. about it. Right, so right, to get right. to number two again, well done, you guys. Yeah. The newly, uh, the, this version, the standard version of the ones coming up, which are 10 and 18, series 10 and Amazon.co.uk chart is number one. And series 18 is number two. Yeah, yeah. And fantastic. And there's word out that there's another two sets coming at Christmas or around about Christmas time, which will hopefully be 23 and 26. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, for a, a re-release, congratulations, massive sales figures, and obviously kicking the Chibnall era further into obscurity. Yeah, out of interest, out of interest, does anybody know what kind of figures the, the, the releases of modern day who gets when they, because yes. the, the latest series has just come out on Blu-ray, I think, hasn't it, recently? It's in the thousands now, I think, and you can actually check. Uh, I always go to Amazon.co.uk, but it was noted. I would notice as well that, of course, the special editions of these always go in at number one, always, 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 and then they sell out very quickly. And then these have come along, and these have gone to one and two at the same time, and they're there for a few weeks, obviously, but the pre-orders come through. And these are, as you know, they're sticking around, but you don't see any of the Chibnall era in really? the top ten. I think one oh, got yeah, two. Never. I, th I think the Dalek, one of the Dalek ones did get into the top 20, but don't quote me on that because wow. I do notice that it, it appears on a release day and then it disappears very quickly into oblivion. Wow. And that's, that's, that's that. But I reckon that the rate they're doing, if they're going to do, these are the first two that came out yesterday. We've got another two to come. And if we're getting another two around about Christmas, it won't be long until they're up to date with the collector's edition. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if you get a collector's edition and a standard version coming out at the same time. If they um, do that, forget the collector's edition. Yeah, but Jodie's the most No one's going to buy the collector's edition. David Tennant, isn't he? She's the most popular doctor since David Tennant. What are you talking about, Jodie? <laughs> I love the fact... I love the other one. They, they finally the cast the right person in the part. They finally found a good actor for the part. Woo! What a relief! Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry if you could uh, 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 throw it up on the screen. I've I've already I've already got it. I knew you were coming. Oh, look at you! I've look at you! Prepared uh, it. Um, Yes, so uh, I just personally, I just think it's great that fans have now got a choice. They can they can I go agree. for one model or the other, and yeah, yeah, I mean it may it may well be that the fact that they didn't go with this from the beginning may have an adverse effect. I I don't know. I think it's too early to say. It's um, yeah, I mean, but you, Simon, you know, you've been buying these since day one. You were yeah. right on that from season twelve. Now you're changing your yeah. track with it. I think yeah. that probably does say a lot. Oh, if you, he's open season twelve as well. Because they just bring out season twenty twenty four, which is like it's a little bit skippable. Is this the same? Well, that's what. Yeah, it's identical again, JT. Again, it's just lacking the uh, the, the production story background of two or Fabulous. three, <laughs> which is it's just completely. They are uh, they are lovely. They are lovely for those people who are thinking of getting these who, like me, didn't come into them originally. I would, I would actually say, do get these now. Yeah. Um, at, at these prices, they're lovely. It yeah. is fair to say that every time we talk about the Blu-rays, we get several comments in the chat along the lines of 
this. Let's see if I can let's see if I can find it now. No, I no, it's uh, it's gone. But yes, uh, several people mentioning mentioning the logo and the current house dress and that whole sort of style guide attached to Bleh. the logo, which is currently used in the credits of the current Doctor Who show on TV. Which, let's face it, it's highly divisive. You know, <laughs> people, uh, there's no real grey area with with this series, and the logo sort of comes with like, all those associations. So yes, and the rabbi here. He has come to the rescue with uh, with this. So if you get in touch with the rabbi and subscribe to his channel on YouTube, get in touch with him. He will uh, no doubt point you in the direction of these. So these are these are your own creations, aren't they, Rabbi? These are your they own are. They're, bespoke they're editions. To how the, the brand? I like the branding a lot. I like the design. So I kept I kept as much as I could. But it's uh, yeah, they, they put they fit right into those uh, Amory cases, and uh, you don't have to see that awful logo. <laughs> there you go. And Lee Binding's wonderful artwork is, is preserved. You get to see that in all its glory. So happy new happy new Blu-rays there, JT. And thanks for opening those with us live. I'm going to be very busy over the next few, couple of weeks, I think, aren't I? Going There's through a all lot that on there. Take, it, takes you, it takes me a good month to go, go through a Blu-ray yeah, release. We can tell on the back, can't you? But what I'm actually really looking for, because I said um, um, on, on the Facebook a few months ago, I'd actually gone back to look at one of the DVDs. And uh, I know I'm getting slightly older because i'm 29 now but my eyes were getting a little sh shut up uh, my <laughs> eyes were getting a bit fuzzy by watching the screen um and it's the, it's the dvd isn't it and you can tell the difference now because yeah. all the technology so i'm really oh, looking forward to seeing oh, these beauties in honest, a blu-ray quality JT, you will be impressed with the picture quality that, that, oh, that really you really yeah. can see the difference in the, in the picture quality on all of them and yeah. don't forget uh spacebook is coming soon over the next five six years there will be of course the season box sets for each doctor, the era box sets, that's what they'll do next. They'll probably be in 4K. You heard it here first, and we're just waiting for that, that day when they announce the season box sets are coming, the era box sets, rather. They're coming to see you. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. Simon, I think yeah. we need to take refuge take refuge from the idea that we may have to dip on these things again. No. Open the 500 year diary review with our On This Day segment for the 1st of June. So, yes, here's the stinger. Are you ready, everybody? Are you ready watching? Are you ready, Simon? Yes! Here we go. The fast return. <laughs> was that a flush? <laughs> toilet flush. I was, I was a bit quick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> here, here we are. Where are we? And what have you got for us this week on the first? Okay. So, so for the first of June, yes. uh, for, for this time when we're looking at um, today, fifty-three years ago today, in nineteen sixty-eight, the year I was born, uh, the Wheel in Space episode six was on. Episode six of the Wheel in Space. Now this, is, now here we go. Now one of the things I love about the Wheel in Space is the, as if you've seen the Wheel in Space, the end when the Cybermen appear is literally hysterically funny because they do this spacewalk. As you see, they're doing in the top left corner of your screen at the moment. They do this spacewalk, and it is literally a walk through space. And it's fabulous. And you see they've got their little arms at the side and they do these lovely little flapping up and down movements as they <laughs> as they bounce joyfully and serenely through space. It is the campest, oh. it is the campest yeah. Cybermen you will ever, ever see. <laughs> I, but do you know what? If the seven or eight year olds were watching it, I bet they were terrified. 
Oh, absolutely. Because actually, it's quite it's quite surreal. It is quite scary. Yeah. It's weird that it is they they literally just sort of float through space doing this with their hands. They're like, We're coming to get you. In this still, it reminds me. It reminds me of those uh, Busby Berkeley movies. Yeah, from the I get what you mean. Yeah, old, old Hollywood, the, where they got yeah. the big sweeping sets. Sometimes they would be the size of aircraft hangars, wouldn't they? Where they would build these yeah. enormous, elaborate sets in the old musicals. So I know but exactly I think, what but you I mean. Think it, I actually think it's one of those things you kind of need forewarning before you. If you've never seen Wheel in Space, <laughs> you kind of need forewarning because I remember the first time I saw it and my jaw literally dropped. It's like nothing oh. ever seen in Doctor Who ever, ever, ever. Um, but also down there on the bottom right. Look, can can I just say to you, Simon, I remember yes. the first time I saw it and it was at a Doctor Who convention. Um, I think it was either Liverpool or Manchester uh, with a lot of other Doctor Who fans yeah. and it got a round of applause. We were all like, whoa, woo! <laughs> well, it is, JT, you're right. It is actually one of those moments where you do, you do want to just applaud them. It's the most ridiculous yeah. thing you've ever seen. <laughs> and it deserves a round of applause. <laughs> now, also, also, you can also see down there in the bottom right, tomorrow on the 2nd of June, it'll be 14 years since we got the Family of Blood um, in 2007. Um, which I don't know what everybody's thoughts are on this. I, my personal feeling is human nature, which I think is the first episode, isn't it? Is yeah. absolutely stonkingly good. And then the second one is utter, utter. <laughs> padding, padding. <laughs> it's rubbish. It's rubbish. All this father of mine. I really love both parts of it. Yeah, Fair so do I. <laughs> I, think, I, think it, I think the ending slips out a little bit too long. But I really love it. I, I mean, I listen, I prefer, well, I was going to say I prefer the book, but I don't know if I do because I just went back and started rereading some of the old version books, uh, uh, ones I really liked. And it's just like, like now I'm 50, you know, nearly 50. Yeah. And then, and like now it just feels like a lot of teenage angst. I was like, oh, yes. God. I'm not sure I can get through much more of this. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I went back to read Human Nature after it was broadcast in the years right. Simon's talking about now, and I couldn't. I couldn't, and yeah, I devoured it uh, as 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 yeah, my younger self. I just couldn't read it. it. Yes. What? So, well, I know it because I've never got oh, round to reading the book. I've never bought the book. I never got round to reading, but I've always been intrigued. Oh. So you, so you boys are saying it's not worth it's not worth going for then. It was good uh, at the time. No, no, Simon, it, it, it is worth going for because it's part of the it's part of the history, isn't it? And it's that wonderful period where the show was off air, which is very bizarre saying it, but uh, it was a wonderful period. Yeah, we did. We had so, a, yeah, it's we worth going for. If you see it, get it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. So those are, those are your two those are your two episodes for for, for, for the week. Um, we've got a couple of birthdays today, mm -hmm. actually. Uh, so Ooh. Adam Garcia, Adam Garcia is forty eight today, and uh, Jonathan Price is wow. seventy. Today, seventy-four. Who was Adam Garcia to so Adam, Adam Garcia story. plays Alex in the Christmas Invasion. It's only, it's not, it's not an enormous part, but it's a good part. He does a good job. Um, for me personally, I, it, it's, it's got. He, he takes part in that awful moment that I still am so angry about that Russell T Davies did when he sinks um, Harriet Jones um by whispering in uh, adam garcia's ear about isn't she looking old and, oh, I, and I still think it's one of the worst missteps that rtd ever did mm. but he's a good actor and interestingly adam garcia i saw actually on stage a few years back in the exorcist the first when really, really? Yeah, <laughs> when, the, when they staged exorcist i'm trying to see what but he plays the what's a musical simon 
fabulous. Yeah, he plays Father Karras in it, which oh, is yeah. the only... Oh, I remember him when he was in Saturday Night Fever. He looks That's he, a long time ago, 2007. Like the original actor oh, oh I, thought you, I thought you meant the original so, film. Sorry, no, sorry, sorry, 1997. What was that, Ian? I said he does look like the original actor from The Exorcist. He does, original, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, I see what you're, you're right. Mean. And I have to say, it was a brilliant version of The Exorcist. And if you ever get a chance, it, it, it premiered in Birmingham, actually. Um, and it went on mm -hmm. tour. And obviously, COVID happened. But it was doing a tour when COVID happened. So if it comes back, mm -hmm. I urge you to go and see. Peter Bowles was playing the um, Father Merrin, the older oh, priest. Really? And he wow. was stunning. But all I will tell you is this, they even do the rotating head. For anybody that's seen The Exorcist, <laughs> when, when Reagan's head rotates, they even do the rotating head. It was a brilliant, brilliant production. Who plays Father Merrin? Who plays Father Merrin? Peter Bowles from oh, Merrin. Can't, can't imagine him playing Father Merrin. He was brilliant. He was, was cracking at it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, oh, played and there's Jonathan Price as well, another another hard and uh, a hard and stage Girls. expert, isn't he? A hard yeah. and thespian. But 74. Was, 74. But was anybody else disappointed with the curse of fatal death? I just remember it being on and just thinking, well, because again, to, this was in the wilderness years when we didn't have Doctor yeah, Who. And I was like, fair. really? It was, um, Is this the best? It was better yet? than uh, Dimensions and Time, which was just kind of painful. <laughs> oh, barely. <laughs> I'm not a soul. I'm about to rewatch that again and Dimensions oh. in Time. And oh. I've never been as sold as a lot of other people are. Most There's a lot of people in the Type 40 Facebook group who constantly post clips from The Curse of Fatal Death. Oh, I'm going to watch it all it. again and see if Why? it wins me over. Oh, because I suppose, like the, I suppose those doctors are part of Chibnall's whole thing now, aren't they? All those nonsense probably. doctors. Yeah, probably. I mean, it was a comic. It was a comic relief one-off tribute. Forget it. Yes. Move on. And it's kind of and to me, it's everything that Russell. Uh, sorry, that Stephen Moffat did wrong. All concentrated down into thirty minutes. It's just like the worst <laughs> bits of, of Stephen Moffat in one thirty-minute like sketch. So Lenny Henry's like the first black doctor then. Lenny Henry. Lenny Henry, yes. yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 The Lenny uh, Henry sketch from '85 yeah. is absolutely yeah. on point. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And Jim Broadbent is twice because Jim yeah. Broadbent played in Victoria Wood, and then again yeah. for the comic relief Quite thing. Right. Yeah. Quite right. Joanna Lumley as well, of course. Um, yeah. Also, also at 52 this week is Julie Gardner, um, who who obviously we've got Julie. To thank for, yeah, for for for, for bringing Julie back Gardner. to. I love no. Julie Gardner. She's Discovery of Witches. Woo. What what's she up to these days? Anybody know? I haven't got a clue. Yeah, she she runs she runs Bad Wolf Productions, who do all these wonderful things, including uh, the aforementioned a Discovery of Witches. If you haven't found it yet, watch it. It's bloody brilliant. It's fantastic, and you'll find Doctor Who names all through it. It's just plus the Doctor <laughs> we never had, Matthew Good. Brilliant, and she's also oh, behind that is his Dark Materials. Please, Julie, if you're listening, please, Bad Wolf. Please take Doctor Who. Please do something. Please save <laughs> Doctor Who. Uh, yes, uh, what else have we got, Simon? Also, also, finally, uh, on the birthdays, David Collins would have been 81 this year, but he sadly oh, left us last 81, year. 81, was he? Whoa, he would have been 81. Me. So he was 80 when he died, bless him. God, uh, David Collins, what an absolute hero. I mean, for yep. me, Robots of Death, he's up there as the pinnacle. But also, Sapphire and Steel. Mm -hmm. oh, right, right. When he was silver, she, uh, yeah. wow. 
now. I, he was a powerhouse of, a, of an actor as far as I was concerned. Agreed. A real, true, true legend. Um, yep. kind of under, undervalued in many ways. We, I think yep. he's one of those, he's just a little bit of a secret in a way. Doc 2 fans, we all know who he is. But the rest <laughs> of the world, the wider world, we know who David Collins right. is. Exactly. It's such a shame because he was a sci-fi fantasy legend because he did practically every show going, didn't he? Absolutely. Um, sci-fi fantasy. And he was a very, uh, uh, you know, I only met him the once and he was a gent and signed my stuff and brilliant. But, you know, apparently he was a real um, trustworthy. You knew you were going to get somebody who turned up on time know their lines and be able to deliver a performance. A true professional, like like certain other actors who we don't necessarily rate quite so highly. Um, what could that be? Oh, Matthew, yay! <laughs> uh, also, a couple of um, couple of uh, sad departures uh, to, to remember this week as well. Um, today, uh, the great Milton Sabotsky died in 1991. He was 61 when he died. Um, yeah, bless him. Of, of, co of, of course... Yeah, because he, he wrote and produced both of the Dalek films. Um, mm. So we got him to thank for that. He was born in New York in 1921. He was formed, he? Yeah, he formed Amicus Productions with Max J. Rosenberg in 1964. Um, and, of course, uh, obviously went on, as I say, to, to write and produce the two Dalek films um, mm. in the in the mid-60s. Um, and, uh, and also Milton, Milton, Milton produced The House That Dripped Blood in mm. 1971 with the, with the great, great John Pertwee, of course. Yeah, yeah. She's loving whatever he's doing there. That's outrageous. We'll probably get cancelled for that picture. So I've, I've only just noticed that John Pertwee was in that picture. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love I love the house that drip blood. I actually think it's available on YouTube for free. I think you can find the house that drip blood for free on YouTube. I so don't you think I've seen ever it. seen it, so I'm going to go and find oh, it. Yeah, it's oh, it's brilliant. John Pertwee plays this role of a, of, a, of an actor, um, an actor actually. An actor. Uh, he he's just finished. He just come off having finished uh, filming season seven. Um, so it's between season seven and season eight that he did this, um, and he plays an actor. <laughs> Who, yeah. who, uh, who who gets cast as a, as a vampire and goes and finds the perfect vampire cloak. And, uh, well, I'll leave it to your imagination as to what happens there. But it gets camper, <laughs> it gets camper than a row of tents at Butlins at, at, at mm -hmm. Christmas. So um, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a joy. And it was produced, say, by the great Milton Spotsky that we lost in 1991. Also this week, have got to remember dear old Paul Darrow. Paul Darrow, who died a couple of years ago. Oh, oh, big yeah. This year, Listen. this week, um, we mark the passing of Paul Darrow, seventy-eight. Uh, great, great actor. Um, yeah. Well, actually, I think he was a terrible, terrible actor, but he was wonderful <laughs> to watch. If that makes sense, he was. A, he was a massive star, a massive star. His acting was, was just like um, was. William Shatner, wasn't it? His acting mm. acting's just like William Shatner's acting, where he right, stopped Ian. through lines and words <laughs> and stuff. It's, but he was great, just, though. It's he great, absolutely. More, more than an actor. Right, he would perform. Right, yeah, he was definitely yeah, a performer. Yeah, yeah. He was right. a performer. Great, yeah. great, and and very, very finally, on this day in 1989, so 32 years ago, believe yes. it or not. Oh my God! Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Colin Torture. Baker. <laughs> Colin Baker premiered in. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, the ultimate. Oh, let's get that up the there. Let's get that up last. There the we go. Is that your original flyer there, this Simon? Is my original the flyer. I've got, I've got my original program, the brochure. That what came is with this, Simon? 
This was the stage show. This was the stage play. This is the stage play. This is costume. Oh no, it's not. There's there's the uh, that's the centre showing Colin. Uh, in his in his redesigned costume, um, well, and it was... well, no, that's not actually that. Uh, sorry, Simon, to interrupt. Uh, the, the, that's the that's the TV costume because the the, the the stage costume wasn't ready uh, before the uh, well for the photograph shoot. His stage costume was stunning, and for any of the people that were actually on the the, it. the Facebook pages it's this week talking about that awful blue version that Bog Fanish came up with, listen, the Ultimate Adventure one was far more superior. It had blues, it had purples, it looked no, toned down. Oh, it totally was beautiful. It started... The, 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 I totally prefer his blue jacket. Rabbi, was, did, no, you, uh, did you ever see the Ultimate Adventure? I missed out. Yeah, I did. I saw I saw the Ultimate Adventure probably about fifteen or twenty times. Literally, I went all over the country. Literally, yeah. all over the country. To see it. I was lucky enough either. to see. I was lucky enough to see um, David Banks in one of his only two oh, right. performances as the mm. Doctor in Birmingham. It just happened to be oh, there. That that must, night. Listen, if that was the only time you saw it, you must have been so upset. You go to the theatre to see Doctor Who and you get no. David Banks. Well, I would I think, well, I guess, yeah, I think I would have been cheesed off, but I was lucky because I'd already seen it with, with John Pertwee. Um, here is, uh, we've got the John Pertwee brochure as well. Hold on, where's the John Pertwee brochure? We gone? have a they... comment here from Digby Strawbridge watching on YouTube. says, wow, this brings back such happy memories of seeing John, John Pertwee yeah. in the role Wimbledon Theatre in 1989. A lot of fans got to see that. I was, I was due to go on the afternoon that David Banks ended up... Uh, Taking the role, so and you missed I, it. How did you I miss it, Dan? Why did I you not go? Uh, the the people I was going with, I was going with a family who was I used to be friends with this guy, and his whole family were going, and they all got really, really ill. Nobody could go, and yet it was that's I mean, we're going back to nineteen eighty nine now. But it's yeah, I was heartbroken at the time when I, funny enough, when I heard that Dave, David, if you're watching, mate, I do apologise, but I knew no better at the time. I didn't feel so bad knowing that I'd only missed David Banks and not missed oh, yeah. not missed John Pertwee. <laughs> But now, of course, now I hear that people say that David Banks was actually really good, and I've he was very pictures good. of him. You know, I think, oh, well, well you, I mean, they, you, they they did a uh, bit of sort of big finish. Did, did ah. they, uh, you 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 yeah. can go oh, to yeah. Nikki, please message me about what you are putting on screen at the moment. Please send big me a message on Facebook. Finish. Find me, find me, and send me a message on Facebook, please. <laughs> please. I, I, I can Nikki, always put you in touch, Nikki. Nick. Nikki I says, I have a recording of The Ultimate Adventure. It's not a great recording, as you can imagine, but it's worth a I watch. want a copy. I want a copy, Nikki, please. <laughs> it was, it was a, 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 a... I was, I was lucky enough to be at the very, very, very final performance of The Ultimate Adventure as well, um, down in Eastbourne. Um, and I, I just saw it so many times. I loved it. I think I could probably recite the, the, uh, the very last one. still. Off uh, from from off the top, yeah. it was knockout. It also yeah. showed um, the brilliance of the. I mean, it was so exciting going to see the shows, and I, I was lucky as well because I got to see both John and Colin in the show. Um, and it was exciting to go and see them, but it just showed the brilliance of Terence Dix as the yeah. writer yeah. because the two of them, his, Terence, as we know, his philosophy was the Doctor is the Doctor is the Doctor, and he wrote for the Doctor. Yes. And John grasped hold of his bits. And then when Colin came along, all he had to do was omit a certain, uh, you know, take the sonic screwdriver out, put a little bit of flippancy in because that was his Doctor. But apart from that, yeah. the script stayed exactly the same for the two yeah. players. Yeah. Just just genius. Absolute genius. 
And it and also, those... you're right, JT, it, it, it went to show how good Terence Dix was at just juggling so many ridiculous mm. elements that shouldn't have worked together. Um, Daleks, well, Cybermen, musical numbers. Let's, well, not, let's not musical forget numbers. songs for in there. For those of us who missed out, for those of us who missed out, and those of us watching along now, like Vanessa here, yeah. I have absolutely no idea what the ultimate adventure is. You yep, can same, yeah. sample this as the rabbi it, has just... It, this, just is, this is a good... I mean, honestly... This is a very good recreation. You really, it has. Yes, it all, is. It's like all the catness of it is there, and they got they do have the other two ones as well. They got the uh, seven keys to doomsday and the Dalek one as well. Mm. Lovely that they the survive right. in some the way. The rabbi's right. This is a really good reproduction. When you when you listen to this big finish version, and I'm not a big fan of big finish, but when you listen to this, it is as close mm. as you can get to being there. It's even got the songs in it. So so for anybody that wasn't there, such as Vanessa, in in 20 seconds, this was a stage play that, as I say, opened with John Pertwee in 1989. Then Colin Baker oh, cool. took over. Um, it went across a tour across the whole <laughs> of the UK. It did good business. Um, it did. It, did. Know, it, it was popular. It's built on my ticket as the ultimate laser show, although they mm. are giving two for one away at that point, so they must have been struggling a little bit. Um, but there were lasers in, fantastic lasers. It was a brilliant yeah. spectacle. Was wow. It? Was it a show? Yeah. It was a show. Um, and for those space bookers that missed it, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, thanks for that. Thanks for giving us stage envy. Well, well, I'll be more of that. I tell you what. If you, uh, this is a, this, this really is a blatant plug, but it's actually organic to the conversation. I, I, uh, I got some footage from the, uh, the new thing, the, uh, uh, the Doctor Who immersive experience that, what's the oh, time? Like, like, okay, yes, okay. So, so I got a bunch of footage from that I'm going to be playing, but I'm also going to be, uh, you know, on my show, I got a stream starting at, in, uh, in like a, just over an hour. Uh, so I had to go relatively soon, but the uh, uh, so I got that, but I also pulled out old footage of the Here Come the Monsters, the Doctor Who uh, state uh, stadium show, which if you haven't seen it, freaking yeah, awesome! I I mean I didn't I just saw it via YouTube. It was I mean it looked so good. If Here you if you if you wonder what he it means, okay. yes, you can you can catch up with uh, the rabbi from another planet directly after us at six o'clock over on YouTube for all of that. That's more time fracture. We talked about time fracture a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, there is footage that's being sort of put about now, and people are booking themselves in for that too. But yeah, thanks for all that, Simon, for our our blast back Welcome. to the past. More of that next time. Listen, can you warn me before you do that? I nearly flew up to the ceiling, for Christ's sake. <laughs> May. Uh, what, I want, what I want to talk about next, what I want to talk about next, it's kind of springing out of the the, uh, the thing about the John Pertwee movie, really, because uh, <laughs> that film, I've not seen that film. Never seen it. I've heard Must of it. See. Never got around to seeing it. Had no idea that John was in it. So, yeah, it's mm. definitely now on the list of things that I must see. Now, earlier on, we were talking a little about conventions, how the convention circuit is opening up. Of course, so are cinemas. If you've noticed, various multiplexes now are able, are able to bring us movies and the, the smaller sort of bespoke art house cinemas as well that have been struggling so much in the last year or two. You know, they've got various lottery grants and things like that. So it's great to see the ones that have made it through, have made it through. So I continue to support them where I can, obviously. But I've been looking at some films that are about to come out over the next two or three months. And what's really struck me is how many Doctor Who alumni there are. 
either Ooh, making their own movies, that. starring in films, or whatever. So first of all, this week, this has just come out. This is Rare Beasts. Got to be careful how I say that. Rare Beasts. <laughs> this this is uh, <laughs> the stars. It it's directed and was written by Billy Piper, the wow. arguably the original co-star of of New Doctor Who. And mm -hmm. here we are now, 16, 17 years later from, from recording that on the streets of Cardiff. <laughs> here she is now basically creating this, this her very first movie that she's written, first-time director, and it's described, everybody, as a pitch-black comedy. There are trailers and things floating around. So, yeah, it really surprised me to see her doing this. She's got a great cast attached to it as well. There's David Thewlis, Kerry Fox and Lily James, too. So I wonder if any of you have seen that, had it made your radar, and uh, did you ever see Billy Piper becoming a, a director there, Ian? No. And I saw the trailer, <laughs> and I was just like, what the hell is this all about? I've no, no interest in seeing it whatsoever. It doesn't look like a movie that, that I would, you know... I would what is it about it? I haven't caught the trailer. Well, it seems like she's kind of going crazy, and she has a kid, and she... She has this boyfriend that she doesn't like, but she wants to stick by him. And it's just, oh, it's just up, oh, yeah, yes, up, up your own ass. It, it it it's an explanation of her incredibly boring life. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's okay. like, you know, oh, how, yeah. you know how Channel 4 kind of, uh, kind of um, uh, puts um, uh, Adawadi up in a pedestal because he directed a couple of films and I've seen his films. They're okay. Yes. They're not great. But yet they put him up in a pedestal Super thinking, oh, he's a really brilliant director. He's not. It's just mediocre. And I'm pretty sure with Billy Piper's film, it's going to be the same thing anyway. So there you go. That's just me. Uh, I, I am not bitter, am I? <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's a small, it is a, it's a modest film, though, isn't it, Ian? You can tell it's on a modest budget. It doesn't um, well, look modest. elaborate. It's focused. It seems very focused on her five performances million. and on those of the cast. You know, it's not got a yeah. massive cast, but they're no. good people. They're reliable people in it. So yeah. I really want to see this. I I thought the trailer looked... looked uh, how can I put this? Puzzling. Energetic, energetic, puzzling. Pu puzzling yes, and uh, it looked quite exposing as well. I'm sure that this maybe it's partly autobiographical. But yeah, I was mm. I was quite impressed. The hair stood up on the back of my neck watching that trailer. Really? They really? they honestly did. Yeah, yeah. I had to go back and and check because I, I knew that Billy Piper. Had, obviously, she's since Doctor Who. She's appeared in so many other good dramas. But uh, yeah, I never. I had no idea that she had aspirations to direct. Hi, Space Booker, says Starry-Eyed Girl watching in the chat. Just stopping by to say hello. Very busy day here with the kids. We miss you and we love you too, Sarah. Good hey, to Sarah. see you there. Uh, yeah, yep. but you actually drew my attention into another mm. Doctor Who alumni movie. So uh, mm. I had, well, I, I heard of this a couple of years ago because, of course, in the pandemic, they've been making movies the entire time, haven't they? And well, tr well putting, putting projects together. Well, yeah, and yeah. In the, in the run-up to lockdowns and whatever, there were several films that were ready to go, but ultimately that didn't get, you know, that didn't get the release that they planned yeah. or they've sat on them and they're waiting to bring them out. But this was one that also caught my eye because it's probably the first mm. big movie to have Karen Gillan right at the dead centre of it rather than being part of a, of a true ensemble. This is Gunpowder Milkshake with Karen Gillan. It mm. also stars Lena Headey, Carla Guinio, Michelle Yeoh, Angela Bassett, various other big people. And it's very much, it reminds me of uh, uh, John Wick, Ian, but you mm. you pointed me in the direction of this movie. Do you feel a little bit more positive about this? And isn't it great to see Karen Gillan as a formidable action hero like that? 
Yeah, I mean, this film looks more interesting than a Billy Piper film. Billy Piper film is definitely a film they should never have financed because it will never make any money. Probably sell to uh, lower end countries and Channel 4 would probably have it, but it's not going to make any impact. This pro this is a Hollywood production. This is a Hollywood movie. They've decided to put Karen Gillian in the front. She's leading this film, which is, it makes sense because she's, you know, big in Marvel and big in Doctor Who land. So yeah. they put her in, in, in front and it looks quite interesting. It looks energetic. It looks like there's loads of action yeah, in it. Yeah, it's not, but it's not just that. I think, I think she genuinely has a screen presence and she's yeah, she does. With uh, with the, those Marvel movies that she's worked in, like those very big budget, so she knows mm -hmm. how to do it. She knows how to act within those yeah. that weird parameters, right? And uh, mm -hmm. you know, I think I think she's a smart gamble. There was a, a rumor that she was going to headline the new parts of the Caribbean movie uh, mm -hmm. that we're doing. I think they get any, and I can't remember something awfully predictable and boring. Mm -hmm. um, but she I thought, should stay away from that, though, shouldn't she? Yeah, she should. I'm glad, and, and I'm glad to, but I thought that was clever casting. I think she's got a, got a great career ahead of her, unless she gets cancelled, which could happen <laughs> any time. Absolutely. Yeah. Anybody. By the same measure, we've also got Peter Capaldi, who's about to make his uh, appearance in a comic book movie. This is The Suicide Squad, the new film mm. from James Gunn, moving over from the uh, from Marvel this Studios to work work with DC on the Suicide Squad. So it's a. They said it was a. They said it was going to be a reboot, didn't they, Rabbi? If you remember, but it's not a reboot. It is a sequel, really. Most of the same actors are in it, playing the same characters. But we've also got numerous Apart other from. great actors, mostly Brits, that are in there. I'm really excited about this. And, uh, Peter Capaldi's playing the Thinker, who is a villain from the Marvel Universe. DC. DC Universe. DC Universe. Ah, <laughs> but the villain from the DC the, uh, Universe. The of the season for, on Flash about two seasons ago, I think. Yeah. Very different yeah. take. This, very, this, very this different movie take looks okay. It looks okay, but I, I, I don't think I'd, I'd go out my way to watch it. James Gunn has, has uh, uh, yeah, obviously... Uh, I don't don't agree with him. Uh, uh, his political views, but who gives a crap? Uh, mm. uh, he's delivered nonstop good movies. Uh, uh, he's and this looks right exactly in, in, in his wheelhouse. Ensemble yeah. of weird, wacky characters coming together. It's probably gonna have a lot of heart with it because again, he's again he 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 delivers. He's delivered before. I have every confidence in him. Well, here's hoping it's good. It's not staying with me. I have to be honest. I'm really not a big fan of these kind You're of. Not movies. into the superhero movies that much. We've no. also got. Well, maybe maybe this is this is uh, staying with doctors. This is Matt Smith, who is one of the leads, really, in Last Night in Soho. This is the next film from Edgar Wright, the director of uh, Baby Driver and the Cornetto trilogy. Those Simon Pegg and Nick Frost starring films, and a really exciting filmmaker. Lots of soundtrack to all his films. This was this was filmed. Again, prior to lockdown, this is this was the final film that was made by uh, Dame Diana Rigg and Margaret Nolan. But the the lead is Anna Taylor Joy, I think the actress's name is. But this is uh, alleged to be inspired by, funnily enough, talking about the uh, the Melton Subotsky film earlier on, inspired by British horror movies as well as movies like Don't Look Now, the uh, the Nick rogue film uh, but uh yeah it's uh th i think where this may score slightly better with doctor who fans is it's matt smith in another time travel movie everybody so simon Ooh. does this kind of thing do you like edgar wright is this no, the kind of thing that you may I'm lean not, towards I, I, I'm, no i'm not a big fan of edgar wright 
at all, must be honest. But I would give this one a go. Of all these, this is the oh, first okay. one that you've shown because Karen Gillan. I literally couldn't be less interested in Karen, Karen Gillan if I tried. Uh, so, so, but this one, uh, no, this is the one that I would go and I, I, I'd take a look at. Where is it? Where are we getting to see this one? Uh, is this oh in cinemas in October? Well, that's good out in October. Yeah. So we've got we've got all the, all three posters up on screen now. So we've got Suicide Squad. Uh, we've got no, first it's Gunpowder Milkshake with Karen Gillan. That's in July, July fourteenth, and Suicide Squad is out on August the sixth with uh, Last Night in Soho coming a little later in October. But <clears throat> what I like about this is that we're seeing all these actors from from You Who graduate to the big screen in good character parts or taking the lead and giving interesting work. JT, we talked last week a lot, and you mentioned Daphne Ashbrook. Mm. about her being part of the Doctor Who family. That's a woman who had a big big career before Doctor Who, a lot of television, and has done a lot since, too. We talked about it being a family. But we follow these actors, don't we, in their other projects. We like to see what they're going to do next, either in the original capacity as actors or when they spread their wings, they direct or they write. Why do you think that is? Well, it's because um, for, for decades now, we've been introduced to actors via Doctor Who and because we get attached to them through the series and some you know we do actually some of us get to meet with them uh, on several occasions we like to see what their the, the body of work is and, and we support them and that's known now you know it sort of goes hand in hand with oh you know you, you know uh, the fans will come and see you um to a point I think I don't think it's going to continue um for obvious reasons because of the series and who's in the series now but certainly um that we are very loyal as a fan base up to a point and we will go and see people, and we always have. You know, I mean, look how successful John was in Wills or Gummidge, where a lot of fans at the time tuned in for Tom when he was doing Sherlock Holmes. Uh, we we, we go did. to see Louise a lot of the time at the theatre. You know that 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 fondness is there because we are we are fans of the show. They've been in the show, and it doesn't just extend to the, the leads and the regulars. It, it extends to some of the people that come and guest star in there. So you know, it's it's a nice it's a nice thing to to well, be able to do. And, and what I think is interesting, JT, I, I remember seeing not so long ago, I saw a comment on Facebook where somebody said, oh, what, what is this about Doctor Who fans that are interested in seeing Doctor Who, people who have been in Doctor Who, they're interested in watching them and other things. What is this? I don't get this at all. And I'm like, well, I, I actually do get this. I do like seeing people from Doctor Who in other things. I don't know why it is. Is it just curious? I don't know. Is it curiosity? It's like catching but, up with but, old friends, I think. Well, yeah, and, the majority and, and, of them and, play and, themselves or versions of And themselves. certainly, I think we've all been through that little thing where something comes on television or a film or whatever that you don't know Doctor Who stories and suddenly you recognise their face and you know them from Doctor Who. And there is that little frisk on that little moment where you think... Oh, oh, it's, it's it's from Doctor Who. And yeah. I love that. I love catching up with people from Doctor Who it's, and other things. It's also great for um, a lot of the actors. And again, I'm not speaking over to the regulars because the regulars, up to a point, know that this is going to come. But, you know, when you meet various people that have had smaller parts in the show over the decades, you know, and you see them and you go up to them and speak to them and they are delighted. I mean, I was trapped in a lift with Helen Worth once. Well, I say trapped. We were going up to the uh, friend's apartment. It wasn't stuck or anything. And, um, I, you know, Helen Worth and I, 
we're going up in this lift and I was looking at it as you do. Can I just interrupt you and say that Helen Worth, uh, she's uh, best known, isn't she, as playing Gail on Coronation Street. Well, she's only for, known for playing Gail, bless her. Sorry, Helen. For no, decades no, now, but Gale back in the, the in the John Pertwee era, she was in yeah. the Planet of Spiders. And, and that's what makes Doctor Who fans special because we know she was in the Planet of Spiders. And I said to her, you're Helen Worth. And she went, oh, God, you know, as if it's today, oh, God, this is going to be some loony from Corrie. Wrong, I was a loony from Doctor Who. And I said, oh, my God, <laughs> Planet of the Spiders, what was it What was it like for you? Top, and she was just like, space. oh, the relief, the relief. Same thing happened with June Brown when I met June Brown, who was working with a friend of mine. Um, mm -hmm. And um, she was um, backstage at this thing. And I was looking at it thinking, oh, my God, it's a legend. It's a legend. And I didn't know quite what how to react to, to June Brown at the time. Um, and... Um, she was brilliant and she was looking at me this is when she was in eastenders obviously dot cotton huge iconic character and i know that the first thing she was thinking of this is an eastender question and i was like oh my god the time warrior is time a classic warrior. and then what 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 went on between that she was telling me how she met liz and and how she was still friends with liz up, up, well all through that she told me about john she told me some very naughty stories she told yeah. me a couple of bits of gossip which i would take to my dad not from doctor who but from other things yeah. and by god she liked to drink <laughs> um, and I think that I think that's the brilliant thing about Doctor Who because we know these people that are in the show and they love that recognition because they're actors uh, and they love that support it's, and it's, it makes the day. For it's some funny, people, JT, they say that. For some people, sorry, son. For some people, they say that they've worked with them all. I get the impression, JT, that you've got pissed with them all. <laughs> How very dare you! No, they did. Oh, they good. did. I was oh, totally on oh, the ball oh. with them. I'm utterly, utterly professional. The same oh, thing. The same thing happened with me with Neris Hughes. <laughs> I remember in being oh, in London and, 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 and sitting in. I was in. A, I was in an editing house um, uh, 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 in, in the in the reception area, and Neris Hughes walked in. And believe me, Neris Hughes <laughs> walked in in black. Everything was black leather from head to toe. I've never seen really? anything like Ooh. this. Yeah. Black leather, mm. tight, skin-tight black leather trousers, black leather boots, you name it. She sat in. And, of course, my first thought was <laughs> Kinder. Kinder. And she's obviously she's going to think that everybody's going to think of Liber Birds. Liber Birds. Liber Birds. Yeah, and I was like, I yeah. loved you in Kinder. She was, yeah. she was great. She was great. I really think when you say this to these things. people, especially when they're in this, um, you know, unprotected uh, spacing i think you make their day because it's not the thing they're expecting and they go oh right. wow and you can see the relief from them you know they can <gasps> morris colborne i bumped into morris, morris colborne Colborn. in, in bbc bbc pebble mill reception uh and he was in howard's way at the time it was yeah. howard's way he god was he was a big yeah. he was a big yeah. star yeah. when he was in that but of course show. again i went i was like listen it's listen <laughs> <laughs> it's great to do, and he had, and then he had you shot by two policemen. <laughs> but you're right, JT. I think they do, I think they do appreciate actually being recognised for something other than what they're always recognised for. Ian, yeah. read, read that Litton uh, comic. Did it come out? And did anybody read it? The Litton comic. Yes, yeah, it has come out, and I do have them. But yeah, that's probably a subject for another time. Ian, I wanted to ask mm. you mm. specifically about this because obviously these Doctor Who graduates making their way into into movies again big big films it's a hell of a vote of confidence confidence isn't it for the for the cast both their ability as <laughs> actors and how they have um how they've made good on being in a big hit show like doctor who i want to know which of those films are you going to go and see because i know that you're you're a tough customer to, to please aren't you well, which of those are you going to go and see <laughs> and i never noticed out, <laughs> out of the four out of the four trailers i only understand two that tells me what's okay. going on. 
Right. So the Billy Piper one, no idea what's going on there. And quite frankly, I don't want to watch a TV movie, which comes across as a TV movie. Last Night in Soho, I'm pretty sure it's a good story, but it tells you nothing. Absolute mm. frig all. Um, Gunpowder and Milkshakes, yes, definitely see that because I know exactly what that's about. I like a lot of mm. action. And Suicide Squad, well, we know what that's about because they had the first one. So do you know what I mean? But the other two, I don't understand who put those trailers together. Can so you what you're saying, what, what you're saying, Ian, is that you're, a particular trailer that you think sells movie actually is supposed to outline what the movie's about. This I'm sounds like a bit talking. like common sense to me. Exactly. <laughs> you know what, right? The, 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 the Billy Piper trailer tells you nothing about that film at all. All it tells I mean, you, yeah. it doesn't. It, all it tells yeah, you yeah. is that it's kind of like a TV movie and you've got TV, well, kind of. It looks like very TV, the, the way it's lit and everything and... Do you know what I mean? It's like, do I really want to go and see that? No. I at do know what you mean because um, I watched it yesterday. Can't remember. Mm. Can't remember right, the trailer okay. at all. But I do remember the Matt Smith trailer, and I thought that's yeah. that'd be interesting. Mm. And the Karen Smith one, I thought that looks cracking. So I want, and it happens. It happens. It helps that it's on Netflix. But you're right. I don't yeah. remember much of the Billy Piper trailer. The one thing, the one thing that strikes me with all of this is. It's how incredibly different it is now to how it was through the 70s and the 80s, certainly, whereby uh -huh. doc, uh, actors in Doctor Who, you know, namely the Doctors yeah. and the companion actors, that they would never stand a yeah. chance of, of, of getting the kind of uh, roles that, 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 that people get now from being Doctor Who. I mean, you know, can you imagine Tom Baker leaves Doctor Who and he's out of work for months? And, yeah, I know. Uh, and, and never yeah, yeah, incredible to think of and yeah, when you think of the other actors that were companions and things that never got anything Change ever now, again mate. and yet it's now changed. yeah it's 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 complete and it isn't saw, just doctor who it's no, exactly. i saw i saw cat dealey in an american tv show and she was playing a baddie cat dealey she can't dealey Cat she can't really yes she can't right. act out of a paper bag yet she was in this american show playing a villain in this maybe american she should be on the show. next series of doctor who then i just there, couldn't believe it i was like whose idea are. was to hire cat dealey in this american show she's awful but anyway, <laughs> there are actors from doctor who that i am ashamed to say i know they've done other things but they're people who i have never seen them in anything else which uh, segues nicely into into this. This is the uh, this is the new audio book that's coming from Matthew Waterhouse, who is the uh, Adric in the <laughs> in the nineteen eighties on Doctor Who. It, 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 it sounds barrel. like an interesting idea, but this it, is brand it, new. The, the cover. Uh, uh, listen, every barrel. time now they put somebody of it, like a uh, ethnic, uh, uh, say any type on a cover of Big Finish. They are doing it as a virtue signal. They are do they like to say, look, we, we have black people, look, we have Chinese but like no, they basically it's, it's like over and over again. That's that's what they put on the only re like they'll have a minor character if he's played by a black person, it'll go on the cover. It's just I can't stand it. I'm just I'm so done with it. Is it too early to say until we've until we've I was gonna say read the book, until we've heard the book though, Rabbi? Uh, this, the premise sounded really interesting from what I thought, you know, what they're talking, they're, uh, uh, what he's doing. And I think Matthew Waterhouse is a, is a fair writer. Uh, he's probably interesting. He, he'll do a good job with it. Nick Briggs will do the voice of the Daleks. Uh, it's a bit long. These things are a bit like, yeah. they're like six hours, eight hours long. Uh, I would listen to it as an hour thing, as a short story, maybe two hours. 
Um, but not, you know, add him for yeah, yeah. Can't be asked. I have no. to say that. Beautiful. The, the picture Matthew Water has on the cover doesn't do him any favours at all. The way they've docked it, 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 it's his mouth. It's just not, it's, it, it looks ridiculous. It's not a good rendition of Matthew Waterhouse. He looks like a woman gone wrong on it. Well, this is... This is the second release in this new line of novels from, from Big Finish. The first one's a Pertwee, Pertwee Cybermen story. That's out in around three months' time, I think. So sort of six or seven disc releases. They're uh, yeah, entirely prose. Yeah, John, it does. John doing it. Enhanced. Yeah, I'm on board. That that one looks good. And I think we had the artwork up for that on a previous show. But they're all it's along similar lines. So it's a, def a different style for Big Finish. I love that well, they're doing something they, different. They, Whenever they're doing uh, like anything where it's not like a full cast audio drama or not the original actor, they do they're doing this like painterly stuff. They're doing it with the world. Uh, yeah, I, I have to be honest. I, I like the cover. I, I I'm being critical of the of the rendition they've done of Matthew Waterhouse, but the, the cover looks good. And I'd listen to this. This immediately interests me. Okay, I'm I'm sort of have to question. It's written by Matthew Waterhouse, but it's piqued my curiosity, um, and I would give it a go. It's it's. Nick Briggs that puts me off. I'm I just don't like, oh, see the point of Big Finish. What is the I just, point? We can't no, keep going over old ground every time. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Moving on, moving on. They're good well, up when it's not Doctor Who. That's the thing. Listen, I have to say, I think there's a package being delivered in the next few minutes. I, 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 she cried. Yeah. <laughs> we're about to, we're, well, this is time Bring perfectly, deliver. actually, Ra actually, Rabbi. You go, you go and uh, deliver what you need to. I'll go and deliver go the package, darling. <laughs> we're about to go into the Type 40 ad break. But before we do, everybody, what I'd like to know for people watching watching out there in the chat, whether you, whether you like Big Finish or not, what I'd like to know oh. is, uh, yeah, I'm going to leave you with this picture because Russell T. Davies, who the former showrunner of Doctor Who, let's not forget, he's been out and about this week and he's bumped into somebody on his travels and shared this picture. So this is what it is. I want you to have a think about who you think Russell T. Davies has bumped into why he shared it to the Doctor Who community, and let us know in the comments section after the break. So, yeah, here we are. Uh Mixes the value of contract with the fixed bill you choose. Mix it. New from T-Mobile. There's a challenging adventure game for use with a BBC microcomputer called Doctor Who and the Warlord, with over 250 locations in each part and a useful save and retrieve facility to enable you to save and load your last position. And the cassette costs £7.95. From outer space, the famous TARDIS brings Time Lord, Doctor Who, and the amazing leader, ready to do battle against their mighty enemies, the fearful Cyberman, the giant robot, and one of the deadly Daleks. Whilst Leela covers him, the Doctor reaches the TARDIS in time and disappears to escape from the dark. Doctor Who, Leela, the fearful inhabitants of outer space, and the TARDIS, from Dennis Fisher, fantastic. 
Join Doctor Who on his new travels in the Doctor Who DVD files. Every disc features two full episodes from the Doctor's dramatic return. I am the god of all Daleks. To his latest adventures. You are wonderful. And the companion fact files show you his history, his friends, and his enemies. The Doctor Who DVD files at your newsagent now. I want those toys. <laughs> yes, so where where were we? Hope you enjoyed the break as much as we did. So this was the picture that we left you left you with a couple of minutes ago. Russell T. Davies sharing this on Instagram for mm. the Doctor Who community. But who is she? And why do you think why do you think he was telling us about it? Let's have a look. Let's see who uh have you got any ideas? Or do you already know? There are people. Yes, we have got comments. We have got comments here in the chat. Got no idea from Rebecca. <laughs> but Russell, Russell hasn't aged, has he? That, oh, he has, has aged. Uh, what's what else? Amazing hair. We have uh, Lee, uh, Lee. I think that's the Leela doll that's got amazing hair. I think that's oh, the okay. okay. It's very unmanageable, believe me. <laughs> I thought it was. That but Lila yes, we. Doll. We do oh. have somebody who has correctly identified Digby Strawberries. Yes. Correctly identified. It's the the little the creepy little girl from Remembrance of the Daleks. Oh, I would so never that, know. That Ooh, is no. a jazz, That's the actress Jasmine, Jasmine Brakes Jasmine at the Brakes. time, who apparently now works on uh, on Strictly Come Dancing in one capacity or another. I'm not entirely sure how, but uh, yeah, she appears at events, signing pictures, as we have her there. And I was wondering, yeah, because I've always wondered what happened to some of the child actors from Doctor Who. I mean, obviously, people like Helen Worth, we know where they are. We know what they're doing. But people like this who are just in it, particularly when they were really, really young, we don't necessarily ever see what becomes of them. And I thought this was a, this was just so nice to see her there with Russell Simon. And it ties in. Wasn't she awful in Remembrance of the Daleks? She was great. I thought she was wonderful. I think this ties in. I think this ties in beautifully to what you were saying before about what is it with Doctor Who fans. We've got to remember Russell is a Doctor Who fan, and seeing Jasmine there, recognizing Jasmine, taking that picture of her, and making her day. It goes back to what we were talking about before the break. Yeah, I wouldn't have recognized her. I have to be honest. I mean, now I can't even see it now. She she really doesn't look anything like. How old is she now? Well, I guess she's about twelve in eighty eighties. She looks about twelve to. She'd be in her thirties now, surely, late thirties, early forties. I was going to ask you guys how old she was when she was originally in it because I I genuinely don't know. I mean, I thought I thought she was really good. I thought she was really really good in the role. So you know, it's one of those more one of those more memorable of the child turns I think we've had in the show. I mean, compared to the little girl who played Stella in the the directed previous story in Dragonfire. I know she's probably slightly. Oh up. yes. And, yeah, but there's a, there's a success of these child characters who've been, who've been in the show. Yeah, we're still missing. We're still missing the rabbi there. But yeah, plenty of people in the chat. It seems. Uh, that, um, who's the little girl that played Amy <laughs> when when she, um, when she was small? She's, she's good. Yeah, she's they, she's been in a couple of short films with. Um, it's her. With, oh, with hold Jamie. on. It's her. Isn't it Karen Gillan's niece or? Yes, it's her cousin. Cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Caitlin. I saw in a short film with um, the guy who plays Jamie. Uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. Fraser you know, Hines. Fraser, Fraser Hines. Hines. I saw, saw in a short film. It's all right, actually. She's she's quite a good actress. I think she's hopefully a good actress. Hopefully she'll get a break. Yeah, hopefully she'll get a break. 
Yeah, or she will return. She will return to the role of the creepy little girl, but now a creepy woman, maybe for big finish in some episode of Countermeasures later on. I'd be all up for that. We're getting. I'm. I'm here, Rabbi. Please come back because I am here with three people who, admittedly, aren't the biggest fans of Big Finish. But our next story, I'm afraid, does start with Big Finish, guys. Mm. So I've got a booklet. Sorry, Ian, but yes, this I consider this to be incredibly important. I do consider Big Finish to be an important part of Doctor Who at the moment going it forward. Is. But but last week, okay, it's so not. what happened? What happened last week? Yes, uh, obviously the main range, the the uh, the Big Finish main range that started in 1999, that wrapped up not long ago with release 275. It's going to be a massive shakeup for the range. Let's let's be fair. Let's give them credit where it's due. They've kept that range going through thick and thin. And now they've wrapped it up and they're talking about what's coming next in 2022. So the idea is that all the classic doctors will each have their own range of individual box sets and they're going to be spread out over an entire year. Now, of course, this being big finish, they give the opportunity to uh, to pre-order them in one for, in blocks of sort of six or I'm 12 sure or, they do. or whatever. <laughs> they're rolling all this stuff out. What really interests me, I think, out of everything, but we haven't heard many details of it. But what we have heard is one specific line, which is geared around the second Doctor. So this we had, we had this this image, the second Doctor Adventures, and a title. The title is Doctor Who: The Second Doctor Adventures Beyond War Games. Everybody, that looks like Doc Cotton. So yeah, the, this is what Nick Briggs said. This is a real opening up of our various Doctor's adventures, said Nick Briggs. They all have their yes. own individual series, just as it should be. And for those listeners used to purchasing a yearly subscription to our old monthly adventures, I'm particularly excited about what we'll be doing with the first, second, and third Doctor adventures, aiming to make them, aiming to take them, sorry, into brand new territory, whilst also giving them a fully era authentic feel. So it is a fine balance that they've got to strike. And yeah, they are trying to give the people who are loyal to their brand, yes, none of you guys are subscribers, I know, but they are trying yeah. to give, give value to think of ways that they can tell new stories with these characters that they know we love. What I was wondering, of course, is a couple of weeks ago, we had Time Fracture, didn't we, with uh, the immersive event. And we had all those, all those actors voicing voicing the Doctors, most of which were the actual Doctors. But in in the midst of that, we've got the second Doctor being voiced by, in this case, by David Troughton, Patrick Troughton's son. So I was wondering, do we think that, uh, no, Michael Troughton, sorry, that do we think that Michael Troughton, that that work on Time Fracture could have led into these box sets or maybe the other way around. It seems a bit of a coincidence to me. What do you think the uh, likelihood, likelihood, Simon, of Michael Trent? Uh, yeah, I think it's probably like I think it's probably likely to be the other way around because let's be honest, Big Finish are just desperately trying to find what to do next. You know, they just want to keep churning out these stories, and it's a miracle that they haven't got to Series Six B before now. Um, and 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 you know, to their credit, okay, you know. Series six B um, is is fertile ground for them to explore. Um, just to just to sort of fill in for anybody that doesn't quite know what well, Series six B this this is kind of the this is the proposed season, the missing season in inverted commas that came at the end of the War Games. Well, before the Doctor is sent down to Earth as the third Doctor uh, in exile, between that the end of the War Games and that, there is this missing 
space where the Doctor, and I think the theory goes that it could be Jamie, but for some reason Zoe never seems to get it's mentioned. It's just fan allegation wish list. It's you know, bloody it nonsense. To, yeah, it was a way to explain right. the, uh, uh, the two Doctors, right? However, interesting enough, Big Finish did another story with the meddling monk and the second Doctor where he hypnotized Zoe into thinking she wanted to go off and study graphology, explaining why she wasn't there in this thing. And that wasn't a series. To, uh, was it? I've never, I've never felt, I must be honest, I've never really felt personally the need for a series 6B to explain the two doctors. There's absolutely yeah, no Yeah, whatever. Exactly. It's Doctor Who. He's older. We understand. Oh, we but, I, but I do understand. I do understand that, yeah, okay, theoretically, if you wanted to, and why wouldn't you? Why shouldn't you? Um, if you wanted to, you could slot in this period between the end of the war games and the beginning of Spearhead from Space when the second Doctor goes off and does this stuff for the Time Lords, if you wanted to. For me, personally, it doesn't quite work for the simple fact that the war games ends very, very definitely with the third, uh, the second Doctor being being regenerated into the third Doctor and going to 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 um, to Earth. So I can't quite see, for me personally, where it fits in. I don't feel the need, but I don't have a. I really don't have a problem. Well, you, you know, you, you can, you can tell some things. Or, or does it? Because Terence Sticks, he he didn't think that it necessarily didn't. He wrote the war games. What he didn't think what it what Dan that it fitted in. Well, then. yeah. The, well, how Terence Dix looks at it. I mean, obviously, when it was conceived, obviously it was the final Patrick Troughton story in nineteen sixty nine. Yes. John yes. Pertwee was coming. I think there was six, there was around six months in between series yeah. six and season seven of Doctor Who. Sorry, so there's yeah. a, a bit of a gap there. But we they knew what was coming next. But we don't ever see the Doctor physically regenerating, do we? In those final final moments of the War Games, Rabbi. So right, exactly. And creatively, you, you could do it. You could really, you could play it like what was that bit in Flash Gordon where he's uh, executed, right? And he and then and then everybody thinks he's dead, and then he wakes up in Princess Aurelian's shuttle to be his be her love slave. What what a terrible fate. What a terrible fate. <laughs> Uh, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with a series six B at all. If you can tell some good stories with the second yeah, Doctor, and you kind of, can you tell us? Yeah, but he's dead. Without... Patrick Troughton is dead. You can't do stories. With... This is one oh, of the well, problems. Yeah. The many problems with Bog Fanish. They have to tie everything up. It's just utter nonsense. Real nonsense. Without having to insist that women are a maligned underclass that you must champion by making everybody in it female i mean can they tell a story without doing that because currently not so much let me tell you i know as somebody here, this i'm reaching a point it's... where i'm stuck the the things are coming out that i haven't bought because i'm guess i every week it's every i mean there are still a few There's things a out there, but every like the last the doctor box set two perfectly good stories but one had a female sergeant in which should, totally should have been sergeant benton and would have been a much better story had it been Sergeant Bennett. And you just had this female sergeant. You're like, it's 1970. Like, what's the, like, like that That was a bit unusual at the time. Yeah. And then the second story, they go to a planet where everyone's women, right? And like, uh, okay, I, I I understand. They think that like women have, like, they have Wendy Craig in it. And they have a big <laughs> thing about how she had to have a pseudonym to write in the 70s because she was a female. Fine. Okay. I get that. Why do we have to make crap Doctor Who now? What the what's the connection? Leave me alone. Leave me alone I, with your I have, I have 
I have always, uh, I mean, firstly, I think that if I, I think I'm more generous in my belief in Big Finish than, than most of you here. And my feeling about it is that you know, they have got a business model to sustain. They've got this license. They've got this audience. If I've got a criticism of them, it's kind of, as you were saying, Rabbi, it's that there is so much, there, there is so much material coming so thick and so fast that it's hard to maintain that feeling of prestige and of event when the next event is in around five well, or six again, days' time. Again, they, 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 but, they managed to thin out the water for me by alienating me from buying off the ranges. It does make it, it does a, lot, a lot easier. Well, well, the way sorry, I look I, at it is I, I am not – everybody knows I'm not a fan of Big Finish. But no. to, to, to clarify, I don't have any problem at all in them actually doing what they're doing. And if people want to buy this stuff, as Dan says, it is a business model. I can't blame them for just churning out stuff. If people are going to keep buying it, fine, of course they're going to churn out because they want to make money. Um, and so I don't have a problem with that. I just choose not to buy into it. And at the end of the day, we're all given that choice. Nobody's. It's not like right. the license fee that we are forced to buy. I don't buy into Big Finish. That's fine. If you want to keep churning out stories, fine. Let them do it. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I think I, I, I think the writers are uh, on the wall for them, quite frankly, because they they they've oversaturated the market. There's, there's way too much product out there now. I agree. And they make it when people start talking about, um, or is it uh, um, Paul McGann's big finish stuff and stuff like that? I'm like, no, there was only one movie where Paul McGann was the doctor. That's yeah. it for me. That's all That's it for me. No, no, I mean? but, 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 Ian, I think what we've got to accept though, for those of us who did buy them and did listen to them, but mm. they were that evocative and it felt like that much of an era. It isn't well, people they being made it into a TV it isn't, show, right? It isn't people being deliberately obtuse or trying to exclude you from a conversation. No. No. Genuinely, what it is for a majority of the people is that experiencing those releases and buying them, particularly on the monthly back when they started, and even now with the box sets, I believe, is that you do feel like you're experiencing an era being created and something be, something moving forward and stories that kind of matter and characters that grow and and so you latch onto it in the same way JT and you know I don't know about you because I know you used to buy buy them too JT how I feel about some of those releases and even stuff like Susan's War that the rabbi was mentioning earlier on I, if I close my eyes they've been so full experiences I can almost imagine that I yeah, watched them I, yeah I, no, I, no. everything it, look everything gets stale. With, with but, 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 but hold on, but hold on. Like I said before, does it actually matter? Nobody's forcing no, any no, of us to, to no, buy. No, no, okay, no, I'll tell you why it, it matters. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll hold tell you on. exactly no, why it matters. No, no, just a sec. Nobody's forcing us to buy this stuff. No, if, no, they, no, are, no. they are purely big finish or a business. They're making stuff. They're flogging right. it. That's great. Let's not forget the other part of all of this, which is. If nothing else, it's giving a lot of work to actors who wouldn't otherwise be able to do stuff. It's bringing work and money to actors that we love. Janet Fielding, Sarah Sutton, Peter Davison, yeah, Tom Baker, Louise Jameson. Louise Jameson calls it her sort of pension fund. Fair enough. I don't okay, have a problem with that. I love actors. I, I love these actors. Big finish Big finish is Louise Jameson's pension fund. Brilliant. I'm made up for her. And I just don't have to buy them. 
Where's I'm the problem? No, no, no one's asking you to. No, the reason it matters is that I have bought them all, right? And I've invested in them, and I've enjoyed them. Uh, and I would like to continue that. Um, however, I did. I, I think they. Uh, I think you know the age we live in. People feel real need if you're, if you if you know, if you if you believe you're on the right side of history. I think it's the best way, you know, to preach like relentlessly with your work. And they kept it out of a lot of things. And I, I, I you know, there's some people who are good at it and can get away with it. But like it's just a bit overpowering right now with, with with them, and again I like I'm just out I'm out I like I the 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 monthly rate just degenerated over the last two years into this like awful pat it was so bad right and it was uh, yeah well, that's so, because I, they want to kiss, they, they want to kiss ass and stay in with Chibnall in the production office in Wales it's just it's very questionable if, if you're talking about business models that's not a good business model to suck up to the one who's going to give you the license the whole thing about bog fanish though is i don't care what anybody says it's just an offshoot it's not the proper doctor who yeah. that we're, we're supposed to know you've also got the Target novels, which are based on the series. You've got the Virgin novels. That's a series in itself, Dan. You're talking about feeling part of an era. Yeah, yeah. There's the Virgin novels. You've got the BBC the books. Exactly, You've got the BBC exactly the Eighth Doctor, the Passport. Yeah. The, the Bog, Bog Fanish CDs are exactly the same as the books and the once brilliant Doctor Who magazine comic strip, which is an incredible journey of itself. I, I believe yeah, yeah. now it's been axed. Um, but that was an incredible, yeah. the longest running character um, comic strip based on one character. It, and that was, if you look at it from 79, to i don't know i stopped at the the 40th edition of, with the 12th doctor but you know it, it that was one continual thing with its own thing bog vanish is exactly the same sort of thing and if you want to buy into it that's great that's brilliant but god i mean i, I actually picked up the latest edition of doctor who magazine because i was bored in tesco one morning and i put it back um <laughs> and all it was was bog vanish bog vanish bog vanish do your own bloody magazine then don't what what is going on you can't even publicize the tv show or the brilliance the of the previous TV show. Really they have to do these stupid bloody CDs, which have taken a monopoly, and nobody else can actually, and we now know as well that some of the fans are even getting the BBC knocking on the door saying, please stop it off with your creative, your creativity and your own audios, because that's not allowed anymore. It's not full. It's not right. For me, it doesn't sit right. And there's other issues which I won't go into on a live stream about why I don't like Bog Fanish. But there we go. And I just think it's terrible. And give some more monopoly to competitors in a market who might be able to do well, I think that's the things and not want yeah, to be all this damn nonsense of having to tie it up. What does bog fanish mean? I never heard the term before. <laughs> I refuse to say the name of the business, so I've changed it to bog fanish. Oh, <laughs> what? okay. Can I ask you some follow up? Why do you refuse? We're like, what they done to an, what, like what? <laughs> I can't, I, I, I'm not going to discuss that on a live stream. Oh, okay. <laughs> Finally, you put the piece of the puzzle together for me. Okay, that I, I know. Okay, okay. I will uh, stick yeah, with these lovely things now. Um, well done, BBC. There we go. And not often you send me well done, BBC. I just, I just listened to uh, was it the 2018 adaptation of ha uh, Halo Jones by uh, by oh, Penguin? That was really good. I'm surprised. I remember that. I'm uh, I'm gonna they have but they've got four other ones. They got a Judge Dread, they got uh, they got two Judge Dreads, they got the single Brink, and they got this other thing called Slain. Which okay, I have to go. I just I just got a notification from uh, Facebook that I uh, I have the stream. You're on. 
in 20 minutes. I'm gonna make. I was, well, I was wondering how they. I mean, we're talking about competition. Thanks for joining us, Rabbi. I do pre appreciate it, particularly with your. Thank you for having uh, me. Thank you for having me. Always, always a pleasure. With hey, all the audio that I know. Join me later. You just come on. You're more than welcome. I'll, be, I'll drop in to see you later on, yeah. Right, well, yeah I mean, we're talking about, co about competition there. See you later, Rabbi. Thanks for joining us, mate. Rabbi from Another Planet, 6 o'clock on YouTube. Sign up for Svila Betkin on YouTube. But, yeah, what I was wondering, we were talking there about having a stranglehold on a on a marketplace oh, there. Huge, Jason. yeah. And uh, the Rabbi was talking about I mean, those 2000 AD releases. I think they're with Audible. So competition is out there. And, Not for uh, Doctor Who. There are, um, there are. What's that company? A Spiteful Puppet is another another company that Barnaby Eaton Jones. He's involved with that. I think Gary Russell works on those as well. They do Robin of Sherwood and various oh, other yes. other dramas, sort of cult-ish audio drama. So it is opening up. And I was just reading when I when I was looking up to see what Michael Troughton was doing now. Obviously, the actor who I believe will be playing the second Doctor for them in these new stories. He it turns out that he actually works for Audible, produces audio drama himself. Mm. So I was I was wondering if anybody had heard any of this other content. The rab the rabbi clearly has, how it compared to Big Finish. Obviously, there's fan stuff coming through as well. There was a regrettable thing with a with a fan production quite recently. It was a little bit more complex than that. The reason why the BBC shut it down, it, it was it, at the end of the day, it was a script that they owned. It wasn't a it wasn't a fan. Audio, oh right, that's, that's slightly different. I am worried though that they will go but down the not, Star Wars not, route. It's not the only one. It's not the only one, JT. So you are quite right to, yeah. to oh. level that at them. Yeah. Yeah, because because what's happened with Star Wars and Star Trek, whereas once yes. upon a time you had George Lucas say, "Everybody do everything you want because I might hire you eventually," and then with Star Trek, Paramount were very very supportive towards their fan base once upon a time, and then I noticed that these things were both happening with the new people that have taken over those epics. No, you're not allowed to. And I thought, hmm, I wonder when the BBC studios are going to go down that route because they've copied everything else that's gone on from these American businesses. And then when I saw this coming through on Twitter, I thought, hmm, hang on a sec. Here we go. This is what's happening. But what, 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 what gets me about this is that there are so many wonderful characters within the Doctor Who universe, some of whom are owned by their authors, and they don't get a say necessarily on how the characters are developed or used at Bog Fanish. And I disagree with that. That's one of the many things I think, well, hang on a minute. No, if you've got a particular character and that is your character you've originated for a TV series over 20, 30, 40 years ago, you have the rights to that and you should have a say in that. Uh, and you should be able to say, right, okay, I want to do such and such or such and such. Hi, this time. But that doesn't seem to happen. It's, uh, I mean, this isn't <laughs> where I envisioned this conversation would go, quite honestly. But I obviously I do. I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying, and and obviously people have experiences that that simply that I haven't. I'm somebody who who listens to their content. I don't I don't listen to as much as the rabbi does, but I do. I buy as much as I can. I buy as much as I can. I feel I physically have the time and the energy to listen to Simon, if you, if you know what I mean. And the money. But, <laughs> and, and, the, and the money, yeah. But what I what. What's always interested me, you know, you mentioned it earlier on, Simon, season 6B. This has yeah. always fascinated me, the idea that you can, that there's this time where the second Doctor was roaming <laughs> around the universe because the two Doctors, when I was a kid, when I first watched it, I knew it didn't feel quite right that, that there he was seemingly at, it does completely in the employ of the Time Lords. You know, he's, go, he's, he's going out on missions for the Time Lords. It's very clearly an older second Doctor. Not only that, but everything else around it too. It's it's like this is from a time that we just didn't see. And Terence Dix, he was so excited about the idea that he he actually wrote, I think, three stories. If you include, uh, yeah, if you include the um, 
the comics, uh, the save yourself story there. We're looking at a, at an illustration here from the the Target book that was Terence Dick's very last published Doctor Who work. In fact, I think it was published shortly after he died as part of the Target storybook called Save Yourself. That takes place dur during series, uh, season 6B, but so did World Game, which is his sequel novel mm. to the War Games. So, And I believe there was a couple of other stories that he told in this period in this period as well. So the, the idea being that the Doctor was working for the Celestial Intervention Agency and that it's knitted together really quite not only convincingly as much as it can be, but it seems like there's point to it and there's a certain credibility to it and something else that can be done with the second Doctor in the way that... I know he played it for a, a number of episodes, Trout, because they made more then, didn't they, in the average year. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I think that in the way that the John Pertwee era and the Tom Baker era have got a kind of... They've got a couple of divides, so they do flow organically, but you can also sort of separate them into phases almost. I think this as a second phase of the second Doctor's era. I just think it's quite a, an interesting idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I'm I've obviously always, alone. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. I, I, think it, I think it is a good idea. I've, I've never, as I said, quite bought the whole three Doctors connection. Uh, sorry, the two Doctors connection, because I just never felt the need to explain it in, in such a way. No, um, but, but you are correct in that the two Doctors feels odd and feels awkward because, of course, it's coming from a time, supposedly, before the, the Time Lords were even mentioned. The, the name had not even been uttered uh, at the time that um, the, 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 the second Doctor was on the screen yeah. um, until, obviously, the last, the last episode of the, of the War Games. And so it feels a little bit out of place. It feels odd. It feels awkward. It feels shoehorned in. I think that is one of the problems with the two Doctors, much as I like it, is that it needed to fit. It, it needed to be made to feel that it was fitting in better organically within the second Doctor's timeline. Um, but one thing that I used to like about those old BBC novels, and this is why, to, for me personally, I would be far more interested in, 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 in this kind of stuff if it was written as novels than it is as big finish stuff. Um, I'd be far more interested in reading a novel than I am listening to a big finish audio. Um, and I used to like the way the BBC books used to slot them in. They used to put on the back of the BBC book, this story fits between oh, yeah. Image of the Fendal and the Sunmakers or whatever it was. And I used to like that. They used to go to the effort of actually fitting them in. Um, and so I like that idea. The OCD part of me likes them, them, them fitting in. In the, in the correct space. Um, and so that's why I don't have a problem with the Series 6B at all. If you can tell, and I'm not talking about Big Finish, I'm talking about generically, if one can tell some really cracking stories about the second Doctor and you do it by fitting them into this series, uh, this season 6B, great, go for it. But as I say, for, for, for me, I'd, I'd be really interested in, in novels. I would like to go back to those old BBC kind of novels like this one, World Game by, by Terence Dix. Maybe, I'd maybe like to go back to that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, the fact that uh, the Terence Dix sort of really did get behind the idea and contribute to it and, and set it up and kind of keep it running, I do like that. Apparently, I've never read World Game, but apparently it, li it literally walks you from the end of the War Games right it's, the way through to the to the new setup, whereby the Doctor has a, the remote control that we see him use for the TARDIS in the two Doctors and all those kinds of things. And yes, of course, of course, it's... Is it fan wank when it's been on the telly? I 
don't think it necessarily is. But of course, as you're quite right, well, Jason, you can you can take it or leave it. So I think it's it's there for you if you want it. It, it, not... it can be on the television as well because if you if you look at the nonsense that's churned out now, that's just purely a misguided fan that happens to be in show uh, in charge of a British classic who's just living out his boyhood fantasies. That is nonsense. Well, it's, well, you, well you're I, right, JT. I think you might, yeah, I think it's because, right. because I don't think I'd ever see anything that Terence Dix wrote as fan wank because he wasn't. Well, he wasn't a fan. He wasn't a fan. He <laughs> He's doing his job. <laughs> yeah, he did exactly. He was a TV professional doing his job, and that's that's yeah, the well. crucial difference. Yeah. But 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 where? Why do we? What, I'm, I'm trying to work out. I have a bit of a dichotomy going on in my head because where do we work out that? Why are we? Okay, we're hanging Chibnall because we don't think he writes well. But but uh, at what point Russell T Davies was a fan? If anything. Russell and Moffat did the same thing though. They they had their elements of why would you bring back the great intelligence for crying out loud? Cry. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean not I, one of the best. Why would why would you bring back the master? Why, you know, but, I, all these all these little kisses to the past that we talked about last week as well within the the the, the, the Davis and Moffat. But the thing is as well is that with somebody like uh, Bog Fanish, they are fans who are purely built on a fan business, and well done for them for doing it. I've often uh, acknowledge that they've made a, a successful business out of it over twenty years. Well done, you. But they have this necessity, as fans do, to go, wow, mind blow, let's tie yes. everything up. And that's... I, I agree. The, oh, the problem right. is, and the problem is then you lose track of writing good stories and you write good fan stories. Uh, well, good, questionably good. Um, but they are fan stories, whereas somebody like Terence Dix never wrote a fan story. No. He, wrote a good, he wrote a good story. Well, that, uh, and then that's... he was very, very clever. He was such a superb writer. He was then able to fit it all together. I mean, if anybody's read The Eight Doctors, um, which was the first BBC yes. book, and if yeah. you haven't, go and get it, because it's a work of absolute genius, and it shows Terence Dix at, his, at the top of his game, and technically you could call that fan wank, but it's not, because it's just, it's Terence Dix, and it's just really, really uh, well written. Also, also, don't forget with The Eight Doctors, it was launched in the BBC um, Adventures books, you know, the, the, their version of yeah. New Adventures, and he was actually told... This has to do this, 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 yeah. this, this. All the tip box and exercises. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like with five doctors, he pulls it off uh, and then takes, takes the money at the end do. of the week and goes and has a drink. In the way that Robert Holmes <laughs> couldn't, Robert Holmes could never manage yeah. to pull off yeah. a tip list. Terrence I mean, it's th th that's the beauty of the old series as well, isn't it? Um, I, I, up until possibly bless him jnt comes in uh because he's the one that starts to pay attention to the fans and listening yes. to him but we won't go into that because we've dealt with no. it before but previously because the series was so young as well and we have look at it now i mean look the series was young then yeah. you know up until up until series 18 it was only a teenager it was a young show yeah. nobody had grown up with it until davison came along really yeah uh, nobody had really seen it as a child because they were all in their teens or young men and women so all they were doing was their job. They weren't playing to an audience because the audience wasn't really Correct. established there. The danger Correct. is now is that you can do exactly what we're seeing with television today. And Ian, as a scriptwriter and, and uh, an industry professional as well, you might, you, you might understand that. You can't really necessarily play to too much of a niche audience, especially with cult niche yeah. audience. Yeah, well, uh, yes, that's where we'll leave that for now, I think. Doctor Who, <laughs> second Doctor Adventures. <laughs> is, uh, Interesting discussion, everybody. Woo, it's like loose women here. <laughs> <laughs> except except sensible. 
the first of these releases coming in July of 2022. I'll definitely be on board for this one. I well, providing I, I'm still. I wonder if they will cast Michael Trout or Fraser Hines or whoever. But no, I'm still really, really interested by this whole time. But that's coming next July. Further announcements are coming from Big Finish soon. I would imagine about what the other releases are going to be called and who's going to be who's going to be in them. Uh, looking back at the classic show, though, I think let's uh, let's look at something a little less a little less contentious. The invasion of time, everybody. The invasion of time. Woo-hoo! So mm. I I saw this the other day, and I haven't even got a name for whoever did this, but uh, we're, we're used to seeing the, the invasion of time, the the classic Doctor Who story here. So we've got this this still here from the invasion uh-huh. of time. So Simon, remind us where are we at this point? Well, well, metaphorically, literally. Yes, well, the invasion of time, of course, it's a story from 1978, um, and we at this moment in. Time looking at this photo, we're in the hospital. I can't remember the name of the hospital that they shot in, um, but but so much of it's shot in a hospital. And the reason being, it's shot in a hospital, it was going to be filmed in the studio, but at this time, it was at the time that everybody was always striking at the BBC. And so, sure enough, there was a strike at the BBC, they lost their studio allocation, and so they had to go out on location to shoot it. Blake Seven, believe it or not, got the allocation over Doctor Who that particular year. And so they went out on location and it's terrible. Much as I love the invasion of time, the location filming is just ridiculous because it looks clearly what it is, a disused hospital. Um, That's not the answer I thought I was going to get. Where are we? As much as I, that is fascinating information. Don't get me wrong. But where are we in the fiction? It's the TARDIS. Oh, oh, sorry. We're in the TARDIS. Yeah, this is this is this is all set inside the TARDIS. They filmed all the TARDIS interiors, uh, including the uh, including the co- console room in on location in the hospital. That's why um, the lighting's so bad as well. And yeah, of course, the 1996 yeah. movie based itself on the interiors uh, <laughs> on this show. <laughs> and, so, and this is why it all looks so ridiculous because it's clearly not the interior of the TARDIS. It's clearly it's clearly a, a disused hospital. That's I do have thing, fun. Isn't it? That's the thing. Believe it or not, Ian, people do think this looks ridiculous. Do you think it looks ridiculous? Of course it does. Why didn't they just invest in flats <laughs> or something like that? And, and you know, like Ray did when the first, when Doctor Who first came out, all they had was well, flats with the It was the end of, end of the season, mate, and they didn't actually film it in London, so it would have cost them to take all too many things up, I believe the myth was. It doesn't cost well, much to, to get some flats, does it? And put them up and make the TARDIS? If you think this looks ridiculous, Ian, I've got some good news for yeah. you because somebody has been tinkering. Somebody's well, been doing a jo- been doing a George Lucas. So oh, really? To this, there we go. So, this, this <laughs> looks so ridiculous. <laughs> well, it looks yeah. less ridiculous, that's for sure. <laughs> I like yeah. that better, actually. <laughs> so, that wall, they, that, that wall is great. They've kept the period features. They've gone in there and they've augmented. I think, Ian. Mm. seriously seriously though you know i don't don't, look this is just goes to prove that my my my, i think my theory is right bbc hated doctor who they hated it right who on earth would give the command for them to go to a hospital and pretend that's the tardis Uh, what idiot would give that command well it's i mean it was either that or or not or not put anything on the air do you know what i mean as I said, argue, right? they were being resourceful with the budgets. They no, but hold on. Yeah. I mean, when they made d- the first Doctor with, with William Hartnell, the the studio for the TARDIS was just four flats with the roundels in it. That's all it was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Why can't they build? 
that in there? Why couldn't yeah, they have done that? The problem that? with the invasion of time is it requires them to go miles and miles and miles through the TARDIS. So they were kind of stuck by the story. This is the problem. Um, and, and, and to be fair, as a 12-year-old, I absolutely loved the invasion of time. Yeah, and, me and too. I, <laughs> and I still, you know, I still love it. As ridiculous as it is, uh, I still I, I still love it. it I am a fan, right. But when, when they present me with bad Doctor Who, I refuse to be... Yes, that was great because it's Doctor Who. No, it wasn't great. That was it's not, not great. great. <laughs> it's not great, but you know, when, when you're watching it back then, um, yeah. I and I was I was eight, seven or eight years old for that one. Um, it was just another Saturday Tea Time show. You know, it was 1977, uh, no, no 78 respect. I think by this point, wasn't it? And it was just a case of like, it was just you're having your 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 fish and chips or whatever it was, your fish fingers, and you were watching it, and it was just escapism. It was pure. Now we go back as fans, as older fans as well. We yeah. analyze every single detail Absolutely. when we should actually be looking at what was going I on behind the scenes. When I saw that, I think I was 15 when I saw that, and even I could see that was a bad idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was a terrible yeah. idea. But then again, the invasion of time was the story that gave us the legendary TARDIS swimming pool, which is uh, <laughs> which has been running through ever since, yeah, yeah. and you know last. <laughs> last mentioned and last suggested in uh, Matt's Mr. debut in the 11th hour. The so, thing is, you know, with, with that image that you just flashed up there, Dan, what is interesting is, yeah, on the one hand, obviously that looks better with, with, with some roundels in the background. Um, the and so part of me is tempted to say, oh, yeah, I hope the BBC see that so that when they release this season uh, 15, <laughs> they, 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 they augment yeah. this with but, but but the problem, one of the main problems with all of that footage is that because it's shot on film rather than video, that, that is also what makes it not look like the TARDIS. So even if you augmented it with some roundels with CGI, would it? it still is going to look like film and so mentally you're still struggling to make that leap to believe that's the problem it's a lack of belief that it genuinely is the inside of the well, tardis and a few roundels unfortunately probably won't do that <laughs> i'm going to stand up for the invasion of time now because it does build onto this mythos that the tardis the interior of the tardis is endless it's in eternity it can be it can look like it wants to the doctor is eccentric so therefore the tardis will reflect his character yes i did say he get on with it oh, um however Compare that the invasion of time to two situations where the TARDIS corridors were shown in more recent days, which were absolutely dire. You saw them in The Doctor's Wife. You saw them in Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS. And there was yeah. suggestion in um, one of the latter ones of 2013, which were just the same sets they've been using for every other thing, just painted in a couple of red round things. They were awful. I was embarrassed by those things. They should have invested in the rondled walls in that. I was, just, I was startled. Oh. That they went with that in the 21st yeah. century in such a, an expensive show. I, I have to admit that, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, Invasion of Time for me wins head over. Very story. Who wants to They didn't want to go down that route, do they? I mean, with Russell T and um, Moffat, they didn't want to um, go with the roundels and stuff like that. They just. I don't know. I don't understand. The suggestions there, isn't it? In the in the, in the yeah. Russell T Davis area, the, the suggestion of roundels are there, but they've yeah. mixed it in with the hexagons, which are actually. Yeah. In, in, in previous stories in the classic days so and then of course they forgot about them in they were in matt smith's first one mm. just huge it reminded me of the pertwee era <laughs> and then <laughs> and then you've got the, the 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 matt smith into capaldi one where they forgot about them yeah. fans went oh hang on a minute there's something missing and suddenly they appear again yeah hmm. yeah yeah let's uh, look I'm at sure. some more pretty pictures shall we while we're on yeah. there we go 
Uh, let's look <laughs> at some pretty. more pretty pictures while we're Shocking. on a roll. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan, uh, daily follower, in fact, of Clayton Hickman, former editor of Doctor Who magazine, and he's a writer and he's a artist. But yeah, he keeps going into these Doctor Who pictures from times past, mostly from mostly from the sixties. Let's be honest, and uh, having a tinker and getting the paint box out and recolouring them and, and bringing to light fresh details. So this is one of the things he looked at recently. There's something every day from Clayton Hickman. I can't keep up, but this was something that I thought was <laughs> genuinely different. So he he shared this. So this is a, a, a genuine, authentic negative from the story. I think it's from Pair of the Daleks. It looks like Power of the Daleks, yes. Yeah. So like, yeah, he's he from Power of the Daleks. So you can see the scratches on that. It's it's seen better days. I think. He's gone in and recolored it. And uh, in the process of doing so, he's uncovered something towards the back. That's well, this is what he's done. Look. There we are. So that is what he's done to this. What's the old blobby negative. thing then? You've got that was the original, and that's the new one. But what he was so enamored with that he felt that he had to do this with this quite innocuous little still, yeah. is the, the, the miniature Dalek towards the back. It's like an, a yeah. Dalek incubator with its own miniature skirt and miniature yeah. rim. And yeah. I just thought, I'm with Clayton. I think that's really, really it's, cute. And it's a detail I've never noticed before, Simon. It's almost like the, uh, the, the, the Century 21 Dalek Emperor, isn't it? With the, with the, yeah. with the large yeah. domed head. Um, except mm. that's got three balls. How how intriguing! I'm really fascinated by that now. So it so could be an incubator. Yeah. So we've got of it then. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen it before. Well, I've right? never seen it before either. So I like Digby's suggestion that it could be an incubator. That would tie in with what was some of the threads in Power of the Daleks. Yeah, yeah. it would, and and the and the um the the, the controls and also the the sort of um Meccano style. Uh, uprights with the, with the holes in. That's very power of the Daleks. I'm I'm assuming this is inside the space. Well, it is inside the it Daleks. It is, yeah, yeah. On yeah. power in power of the Daleks. So I'm guessing it is power of the Daleks without a doubt. Um, mm. I'm very intrigued by that. It's I love that little whatever it is at the <clears> back. That's great. Why has nobody ever mentioned this in the past? Ever? Well, why have we never seen it either? I mean, yeah, it's, I, mean, I, mean. I mean, we had the these. We had well, I thought we had the telly snaps in the magazines completed years ago, but this is this is definitely new. There's always someone that has something I'm, in it. That yeah. yeah. I'm assuming it's not even in the script or anything like that because nobody has ever even mentioned anything. Mm. I can't even remember if it's in John Peel's novelization. I don't think it is. I can't remember it. what he did. I, I was convinced that one or two or even three of you would say, no, I've seen that before loads of times. It's no no revelation to me. There's lots of people saying the incubation. You know, it's lovely, though, when we're surprised because when, we, when yes, we're getting as, yeah. long, as long in the, down the path as we are um, and we've been yes. around for so long, when something surprises you, you do get that sort of fanboy thrill again or fan oh, person thrill. You know, um, you know it's like Peter, Peter Jackson, he took all his oh, yeah. World War II footage and he made it look like, and it was in 3D, put it out in the cinema. So you know they can do technology. They take, they take, they take all those film and they make it look like it's shot today, and they colorize Amazing. it, and you know, and uh, and everything looks, and they 
juck the speed as well. So it looks yeah, like yeah. it was shot today. So yeah. just imagine, right, when that when those effects get cheaper and cheaper, or the technology gets stronger and stronger, they'll go back to Doctor yeah. Who. And I'm all for, I'm all for it. I'm all for for correcting the effects in Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah, then they'll sell it as again. Yeah, yeah, and taking the the four free and blowing it up to sixty nine yeah. or whatever. And yeah. the technology. Oh, I didn't. I didn't think I you'd be. I didn't wait. think you'd want that. That's. Uh... Oh God, yeah. A lot of a lot of fans, you know, they go, oh yeah, that'd be really horrible. We want to see it in its pure format. I'm like bollocks. I want to see it the way it should have looked today. You know, if Hartnell was alive today, I want to see good effects. Do you know I mean stuff like that? So one day they are going to do it. They definitely are going to do it. Uh, and it's and people are just going to buy it. It's going to come off the shelf like Simon's like, no, been. You've been saying that for a few years as well, haven't you? Absolutely, totally yeah. agree with Ian. <laughs> totally believe yeah. it. It will see, happen I... at some point. I can't even I can't even see those things you see on a phone or an iPad, which are those three D photographs. So I wouldn't be mm. interested at all because I'm sick just looking at those things. No, but, stop I mean, it, grow along. I'm talking about it being two D and looking like it was shot today. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they can yeah. do it now. Yeah. I mean, I saw that film that Pete Jackson, he, he Pete Jackson's coming out with this one um with the Beatles where it was like behind the scenes of the Beatles where they shot on 16 mil. And he's taken all that footage and he's made it look like it was shot on 35. The amazing. technology they've got today, it's amazing. Yeah. So all the clips yeah. of it, absolutely amazing behind the scenes. That's, no that's, a, that's a forthcoming film. Yeah, it's a forthcoming film of the Beatles. And as so I'm saying, so just imagine going that back to Doctor Who. It could be anything. It could be video. It could be film. That'd be amazing, yeah. won't it? That's interesting so from Talons there, isn't it? Eagle Moss have done a scoop Dalek, apparently from Power of the Daleks, which is holding a Carlive mutant in a scoop arm, which could be used in conjunction. Yeah, that I've could be I've interesting. Definitely, I've definitely I seen that one. Do you know, that reminds me of the Dapol box set with the Daleks, where one of them had a, a mutant on it as well, which was supposed to come from some sort of machine as well in the in the old dapple um days i believe that you showed a picture um dan a long time ago and it was the trot it was the um it was the episode before patrick Chowton becomes john pertweed when he was on trial and then oh, the yes, picture where that was on top of the and, and he made this yeah. picture where it was on top and and uh, uh Patrick was down there and the people that was talking yeah. to him was up there. And you know what? They're going to do that one day. You know they're going to do it one I, day. I, I, I would be I first in line to buy it. Yeah, I remember right? saying at the time, I want to see that episode because it yeah. really looked phenomenal. Beautiful. Beautifully yeah. enhanced, I think, in the same way that they, that, uh, they did when they remastered and tuned up the original series of Star Trek. Yeah. I loved yeah. all that. I thought they'd done yeah. a good job there. But yeah, thanks for that, Talents of Wayne Chiangler. Mm. Now you've mentioned it, that does. I know there was definitely a prop like that, but I haven't yes, seen it almost... I haven't seen the Eagle Moss take on it. Yeah, I always like to wrap up with some pretty pictures, don't I? <laughs> yes, yeah. so thank you, everybody, for joining us in the chat. We've had lots and lots of messages, lots of people watching, lots of conversation, as always. Mm. And we will be back again soon. But in the meantime, you might want to check out all the other live streams in this series. So we've got two full seasons of Type 40 Live, various conversations, a couple of hours chewing the fat just like this. More fan art, more discussion, lots more friends and voices on all of those. You can find the playlist over on the Facebook channel and the Type 40 Doctor Who podcast itself. Another episode coming very, very soon. But you can check out all of the previous episodes over on the Type 40 feed, type40.podbean.com, over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, everywhere else that you get your podcasts, you can find all of that yeah, more here on the Spacebook channel on youtube and if you want to get in touch with us yeah we're over on instagram and twitter at 
the space book. That's where you can get in touch with me. And uh, yes, email, email. I'm stumbling over all this today. Or email us, type40doctorwho at gmail.com. There we have it. Yeah, thanks to everybody for, for watching, for your time this afternoon. Going to go out in the sun, everybody, or is it Yay! Something, nice, something nice in the oven that you're waiting to get your, get your lips around, get your gams around? Both. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget few, to sub, yeah. everybody. Sub, hot sub, chocolate, sub, everybody. Please. Yes, we've had uh, we've had no Lord Thoth today, reminding us of that. But yes, please like the video if you've enjoyed yourself. You don't get this on Radio Free Scaro, do you? Deep <laughs> dives <laughs> on Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So if you've enjoyed it, please like the video, subscribe to the channel, and hit the cloister bell for the next time that we go live. You're not going to want to miss it. We can catch some of the other content on the channel too. Lots more geeky entertainment, geeky conversation here on the Spacebook. But yeah, for now, for this time's Type 40 Live, that wraps us up. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Those shows are a blast to make. We'll be putting more of them out too here on the Type 40 feed. But if you want to catch Type 40 Live, literally live, join in with the comments on YouTube and Facebook and wherever head over to YouTube, search for The Spacebook, and there we are. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the little cloister bell, then you'll get all the notifications on when we'll be live streaming next. We always have the time. If you have the space here at Type 40, thanks for listening. More soon. Take care. Bye-bye. A Doctor Who podcast is a Spacebook production for the Fandom Podcast Network with music by Problem Being.